Hi, this is Chris Birch from Modiphius. You are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, PJ, and Jessica talk about the rise and fall of Evil Genius Games. In the news, the 2024 D&D release dates have been announced, Hasbro posts a loss of over $1 billion, and new releases coming for Avatar Legends and more, plus a brand new sketch about paying compliments to the chef. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. The podcast this week is sponsored by Second Century Fox, creators of the world's most entertaining and dramatic illusions. From comic tales of poor people being oppressed by the elite to dramatic fables about poor people being oppressed by the uh, elite to sweeping sagas about uh, poor people being oppressed by... Look, can't they oppress someone other than just the poor people? I'm an equal opportunities oppressor. I've oppressed along with the best of them. Now, where's that screenplay I wrote? All the tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is PJ Coffee from the Southampton Girls Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it is a delight to be here. And joining us now from a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago, it's the one, it's the only, it's it's me, Jessica from EM Publishing, wearing a Star Wars T-shirt for context. I also I also very much enjoyed Peter how how, how much you rolled the R on my name there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> was, I, 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 I've been practicing. It was most entertaining. Yes. Okay, we got some news to talk about this week. We do. Really, we do. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah. All right. I'll see, I'll see what we can do, but no promises. Okay. So. We're going to leave the Evil Genius news till a little later because we're going into that in big detail. Yes, because mm. you wrote um, an article about it on EM World, which some people I wrote an seen. article, so allegedly, we'll... apparently. That happened. That was a Not thing allegedly. That your name's on it, posted <laughs> on our public site. It's, it's definitely it's a thing you did. It. We need to know. Yeah. <laughs> or is that, is it, did a ghostwriter do it and just put your name on it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's AI written. No, it's definitely It was secretly not. by Hudson. Hudson did all the research. Yeah. Hudson wrote it, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd okay, be more so... interested in an article by Hudson than an AI writing. Mm. Because, like, if no one can be bothered to write it, I can't be bothered to read it. I don't what, have... what, what would an article by Hudson be about? I don't know. Why you should feed him more and why you should not ignore him and make podcasts and you should actually devote all your time and energy feeding him sofas. The mm. pros and cons for the beef jerky sofa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, should we get on to actual news that we have? Yeah, because yeah. About things that actually happen. Oh, bold choice, bold choices. Sh- sh- should we start with <laughs> the, the... Oh, sorry, you got Release dates. Yes. yes, the release dates of the D&D stuff coming this year have finally <laughs> been revealed. The magicians Ooh. by the seaside have revealed things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember that they originally announced that the... You make it sound like a Punch and Judy sound. <laughs> huh? You make it sound like a Punch and Judy sound and there's like some... <laughs> And bloke with a top hat. <laughs> a little cape. <laughs> so what has Wizards of the Coast revealed to us? Do tell us. <laughs> what's right, coming up right. in 2024? Have they so, revealed themselves to the Jedi? 
<laughs> so, so remember last year when um, they announced, well, accidentally announced that uh, the new core rule books are all coming back on May the twenty first of this year. Oh, yeah. and then they quickly yeah, took those images back. Yeah, but that's back. not true. It's not true. It's not yeah. true. They are not coming out on May twenty first of this year. But mm-hmm. we do know when they are coming out. Yes, oh, interestingly, one of the twenty twenty four core rule books is coming out in twenty twenty five. You know, Michael stroke of irony, but they yeah. are coming out, and we do have dates. This is what's happening. Are you ready for the excitement of this? I don't know if I can contain myself, but I'll try. Okay. So on May the 21st, we are getting Vecna, Eve of Ruin, which is an adventure campaign for levels 10 to 20. And that's the one where you start in the Forgotten Realms and you're going to go to Planescape and you're going to go to Spelljammer and Eberron and Ravenloft and Dragonlance and Greyhawk to try and save the whole multiverse from being destroyed by Vecna. Beckner's really getting around being busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're heading to lots of different campaign worlds. Yeah. In this enormous... I did find it quite ironic that Wizards of the Coast, just before releasing the brand new version of D&D, release a product called Eve of Ruin. I really hope that's not ironically prophetic in any way whatsoever. Wow. That will be wow. And we've got the covers of that as well, and oh, the yes. alternate covers of that. I do like really. the Vecna Eve of Ruin cover. It is nicely done. Vecna's there, mm-hmm. looking like he's causing chaos with swirly magic around, and then there's mm-hmm. like little portal windows to Spelljammer ships and Yeah, Raven and you Loft can see and... Strahd's castle on there, yeah. and you can see bits and pieces in the background. So yeah, yeah I, think, I think that cover's really good. I think that's a good cover art piece. It's very, hmm. it feels to me very clear for what it's for. Hmm, yeah. So this is obviously before the new rule books, but then mm-hmm. on June the 18th, we have the making of original Dungeons and Dragons 1970 to 1977. Mm. That's the title of it. And it's a big, thick book, including um, the first ever draft of D&D written in 1973, which has apparently never been seen before. Ooh. Ooh. Complete with original spelling mistakes. Presumably, I guess it's going to be like typewritten. I guess, wow. or is it unless handwritten? They've, unless they've, um, well, it depends how they present it. They, they scanned might have it and relayed like, yeah. it out. I don't know. Yeah. But also, there's going to be some fanzine, not fanzine, fanzine and magazine articles, mm-hmm. um, all about D and D's origin story. Mm. It's organised and written by John Peterson, oh, one yes. of D and D historian. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It looks interesting. It looks big as well, if you look at it. It looks like a great big, thick book. Mm. Like a big box of a book. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So that is June the 18th. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some summer reading. And then we go to July, July the 16th. July the 16th. We have quests from the Infinite Staircase. From the Infinite Staircase. You're looking at me confusedly. (laughs) No, yeah, I just... I'm pretty sure that's like an old name for an escalator or something. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe anyway, it is an staircase. escalator. Yeah, maybe it maybe is that's escalator. the c- core of the adventure. Oh, well, I'm The adventurers to... walk into a room to see an escalator and they're like, this is unusual. Mm. Hey, ABE, always be escalator. Good exactly. GM advice there. So It's secretly a mimic. That's, that's, why, that's why 13th Age has an escalation die. Oh. But that yeah. is only anyway. goes up to, up to six, not to infinity. But it's not. It's, it's not, not. It's not an infinite, infinite escalation. Levels. You're correct. It is for characters levels but, one to thirteen. Yeah. The infinite right, staircase, right, though. Right. Yes, yeah, so so. it's, it's finite character levels, not infinite character yes. levels. Correct. Yeah, one to thirteen. Six, it's it's an anthology. 
Um, six uh, classic D&D adventures updated to 5th edition. Uh, um, the same way that that one by the seaside... Salt, Ghost of Saltmarsh? Yeah, yeah. Ghost of Saltmarsh. That one. Um, Tales of Yawning Portal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so those those were anthologies. This is another one. So the infinite staircase holds doors leading to fantastic realms. So you're going to go off around the multiverse again. Oh, yeah. This seems to be a thing they do quite a lot. Hmm. So they're kind of... Multiversing. They did that with that library one. What was that one called? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, like the heist one. Mm, no. Candle Keep. Candle mysteries. Keep mysteries. Yeah, yeah. We are terrible about knowing the names of D and D books. Well, there's in fact there's, there's a lot. We're not just a D and D podcast. We're a we're a tabletop yeah. RPG podcast, this and there are true. in fairness there are a lot of tabletop RPG books. I don't know if you know this, but really? yeah, it's at they least seven. Make, there might up, be as many as twelve. Upwards of ten. Upwards of ten. <laughs> Are you saying I'm responsible for forty percent of all RPG? <laughs> I did not totally say that. that. <laughs> I I did not say that. No, please, I will not be quoted as saying that at all. Okay. Anyway, okay. anyway, Quest of the Infinite Staircase, July sixteenth, twenty twenty four, hardcover adventure anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, then finally did... in September, we're going to get the first of the new core rule books. Mm. So the player's handbook is coming out September the seventeenth. Is this so, so no cover up for it yet or anything? It, is this so players have two months to prep their new characters ready for when the Dungeon Master's Guide comes out on November? And that's coming out November the 12th. Yeah. And then a Monster Manual is coming out the following year in fe- on February the 18th, a year from now. So it's still an entire year, almost to the day. Because mm. what is it today? The 16th. Mm. February the 18th next year. Yeah. We'll is when the full core rule books will be out. So there's still, still a year away until they're all out. And right. didn't they just have their 50th anniversary? Uh, yeah, that was like this week or the last week, wasn't it? The yeah. actual date. I'm not sure. Well, well happy birthday. It, was exactly. it, would, it would be yeah. nice to have like, seen some books, but I guess they've got a release schedule to keep too. Mm. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So there we are. That's, that's Wizards' lineup for the next for the next year. Oh, that looks pretty yeah. good, to be honest. Like It's a solid lineup, getting new things in. There's quests mm. from levels 1, and then Vecna does levels 10 to 20, so actually there mm. is Some something for all levels. Yeah. And mm, I, yeah. I guess the multiverse element, and I don't know this, this is me speculating, because yeah. a lot of people make their own worlds, histories, and laws. So this is a mm. way you can tie into the adventures whilst maintaining your own game's lore, because you're like, well, we're just another multiverse in one of many of these. So I don't know if yeah. that's what they're trying to do or not. That's I, my speculation. I, as, I, as I understand it, the idea is you could sail from Kryn to Earth to yeah. Faerun, uh yeah. using a spell jammer. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. like I understand why you'd want to do that because obviously they learnt lessons from second edition, which mm. is multiple product lines are really hard to sustain because there's a lot of effort, yeah. make, a lot of expense making a TTRPG book. Mm. So I guess they're all just like, well, it's all basically the same place. So you can have even more stuff in your setting. Yeah, so you can yeah. use. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it will certainly keep the third party. Uh, yeah, division multiverses are all the rage these days, aren't they? Yeah, everyone's got a multiverse. I mean, sure. Well, who, who hasn't got a multiverse? Mm. I suppose I've got one or two tucked away uh, <laughs> in my back pocket. Although, yeah, are yeah, well, multiverses? Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Anyway, speaking as we have been of um, dungeons, uh, might I draw the assembly? We were talking about dungeons and dragons. <laughs> Okay, so, the word dungeons was used. Okay, exactly. Which is <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow the segue. Thank you, Pick thank it up you. and run with it, Peter. You got it in your hands. Go. Okay, <laughs> go for the fifty-yard line. Um, the Tome of Tombs. 
which you have okay. to agree is quite a good name for mm-hmm. a Kickstarter. And this mm-hmm. is being done by a chap called James Holloway. And mm-hmm. it's basically a 24-page black and white scene, which is full of exciting and interesting stuff about um, tombs. Tombs. Random tables, writing props, and real-world examples. Uh, this does have slightly more of a bit of weight to it, because uh, young James has a... I say young, like, you know, they're under, they're under 40, so they look very young to me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Jessica. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, but uh, did a degree in archaeology and so forth. So maybe, and they're saying this has given them lots of experience to bring to the thing. So yeah, nice. Could be good. Yeah, it's a system neutral, twenty-four page black and white design. Yep, design. I say design, not zine. Zine. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. At three pounds for digital copy, which is I don't oh, is that, oh wow, that's a good price. About, okay. I, I mean, it's digital copy, so I'm like, yeah, go on then. <laughs> mm. or, or just a fiver for a print copy, yeah. Is it? Five? I mean, that's not that's not including postage, though. Presumably not. No, no. no. But still, that's it, it's 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 well under the less than the price of coffee. Mm. Of coffee, if I was out about drinking, so yeah, mm. um, I'm certainly happy costs, to back it. Oh, 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 coffee costs more than five pounds, so I should be. Yeah. Really? How much is a cost of coffee? Well, it depends on where you go, I suppose. Yeah. Like, yeah. How much is... Well, like, I, I don't know. It seemed like five, six pounds. Like, oh it's got to the stage where I'm like, no longer buying coffee, because I'm like, oh, that looks pricey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am, because I'm I'm a coffee snob, so I make mine at home because of mm-hmm. having owned a coffee place, but... Yeah, um, yeah. I am not a coffee snob. I am the opposite of... What is the opposite of a coffee snob? Coffee Philistine. Um, peasant. In- instant drinker. <laughs> <laughs> an instant drinker. Yeah, an instant drinker. Correct. Anyway. We've got some lovely decafings from, mm. from Marks and Sparks. So it's a bit pricey. Yeah. It's very nice. Ooh. Look at you, Marks yeah, and Spencer's when it's not Christmas. I know, I know. Fantastic. Um, I have some news as well oh, yeah, to tell news. you about. Um, so we've previously spoken about D&D Beyond and third-party mm. publishers being available you know, added mm-hmm. to the library, and they've done it again. They've done oh. it again? Uh, yeah. So in November, we're talking about, uh, there was Dungeons and & Drakenheim and Lairs mm-hmm. of Etheris. Is it pronounced Etheris? If you like. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's really... Jessica asked, the shrug came has an answer. It was the best we had. Yeah, Etheris is what I would say. I'm yeah. dyslexic, and I work in RPGs where... The, we don't use real words sometimes, and it's so difficult because I can't Google it and get someone to say it to me. But anyway, yeah. anyway, that happened in November, and now Humblewood from Hit Point Press is now available mm. in D&D Beyond Tur, which is very cute because I, if you're not familiar with it, it's a setting. It did it did like a million dollars on Kickstarter in 2019, it so it's very popular. It features like bird folk player races and mm. other kind of woodland animals. So you've got new new player races, subclasses, um, backgrounds, feats, spells, items, and like 50 monsters. Ooh. But yeah, and they've got all that on D&D Beyond. And the D&D Beyond one also has 11 maps that you can use. Because, you know, they've got their map quick. Mm. Not, not a virtual tabletop quite, but do you know what I mean? It, it's just it a map. Is, and it is a virtual tabletop, yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. I call it a virtual tabletop. Then, then I shall also in support uh but yeah then it's got 11 maps in this setting for that as well so that's also available there so that's good i'm mm. glad to see that they are doing more third-party stuff on there so mm. i think it's i think that's interesting to see i yeah. wonder how they choose who to who to have on there do you know what i mean 
don't know. Maybe we yeah. should I mean, take the head offices of these various games and plot them on the map of America. I mean, we, t- we talked about this with uh, Mike Shea, didn't we, when, when yeah. he was on? And, you know, the pros and cons of this, because, um, as, as we were talked about at the time, with the whole D&D Beyond becoming the primary, you know, if D&D Beyond would become the primary marketplace for D&D, mm-hmm. that basically means the market leader and the biggest com- publisher in the um, uh, in the industry is also in control of the primary marketplace mm. and kind of has an, a great deal of influence about what products. other companies' products yeah. are successful or not Yeah, as yeah. well, which, like, you know, which is definitely a, a conversation that I've seen happening all over the internet, you know, whether, yeah. you know. You don't, you don't let Disney own cinemas. You don't let Warner Brothers, Paramount own cinemas because that's a terrible idea. Because then you're mm. just like left watching whatever they decide to show you, as opposed to like you know some sort of free market. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, at the moment, this there are is you know there is drive through RPG and there are other ways. Yeah. it's not like, but if if like, I mean, the, the the conversation we basically had with Mike Shea was basically if they succeed, as it seems like their general goal is to make D and D beyond very much a not not a requirement for playing D and D, but so so desired that it is hard to get games running without it because people people really want to use it and um yeah i get why it's it's easy and it's quick to use yeah. and if you're yeah. new to playing D, actually making a character sheet one of the easiest ways is to do it online because mm. it just walks you through it it is easier than doing it with a the yeah. paper and pen on your own maybe mm. if you're i i mean i'm a bit old school i prefer in session zero sitting around the table with my friends and we all have our books and our pens and papers out because mm. it feels deliciously nerdy to do that. Because I'm just sat yeah. around and we're all here doing our maths and like, oh, what feet are you taking? And it just, Ooh, I'm like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Stranger Things. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it just feels like this glorious nerdy time when we're all sitting yeah. there doing that, and then people are bouncing ideas. So I would, mm. I don't think we'll ever lose that because there'll always be people like me that really enjoy that. But I get it if you're just quickly wanting to make something and someone's not done it before. Yeah, it's a really useful tool. So, I mean, yeah, no, it is. I mean, it is amazing. D&D Beyond is really, really good. I don't, I don't think anyone can really ease play of access and accessibility are good things. Mm. So it is good. If but... you're not, if you're writing your game and you're not thinking yeah. about how easy it is for players to start doing it, times have changed. Like the millennial sort mm. of and Gen X ability to say, "Oh, this computer is just not working. I got to fix it." That doesn't happen anymore because Gen Z and the younger millennials and Gen Alpha are coming up. They're used to things just working. They they don't want to struggle. And you know what? I don't blame them. I I don't like struggling with it. Make your character sheets easy to use. Make an app. I can't make apps, so I make character but sheets. But this easy is the thing. Use. Just say make an app. As a small publisher who desperately wants to have these things, it is so expensive it is. having these things, and you don't yes. get your you you rarely get your return on them as well. Yes. So I I agree. I I yes. can't. I, I literally cannot do it myself. We're, so yeah. I focus. I focus on character sheet design. Because yeah. that is the user interface. That's the it's, thing that you can do, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. That is that that that's what mm. I got. That's what I got. So anyway, I, I, I didn't I didn't know that you were you were uh, so uh, interested in character sheets. Oh, I've uh, uh, mentioned it before. Yeah, there's the, the signs. It's like accessible, <laughs> but if you if you listen carefully to previous podcasts, well, we appear to have broken chests. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, that's the indie children one. behave. I was away for one week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Demi plane. Uh, have they? Uh, got back with are they doing anything lately or are they still on the same ones I've no I've no idea what Demi Plane are doing no, at the moment no, no. I, I, haven't, I, I haven't what was their last big release was it Pathfinder or have they done something since I can't remember 
Well, I mean that. Yeah, Demi Plane obviously is going to be the closest to a, a direct competitor to D and D Beyond. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. You know what happens there. I mean, that's another. That's another thing that um, is kind of like, you know, marketplace controlled though and, and, and fenced in. So it's. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this stuff. I think it, we're just going to wait and see how it shakes out in the long run. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, Humblewood is on D and D Beyond. Yeah. It's there. Um, it is on D and D Beyond. Okay, that, speaking as we was, are. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. I was just saying, that was the news item. But Peter, <laughs> your segue, yeah, spe- sorry. Speak. Oh, no, it's okay. I, I, I have to jump in there quick. So, but mm-hmm. thanks, for, thanks for finishing off there. And speaking as we were of um, incredibly successful indie games, um, if you've heard of Blades in the Dark, but you're a bit in the dark about them, <laughs> hey, I came across what I thought was actually a really good explanatory video. Um, I put put a link in the show notes. It's um, I'm gonna say Chichin, but you know it might not be pronounced that way. It's Q I C H I N. They're a YouTuber, and if you get to about the 21 minute mark, uh, they start unpacking how the various mechanics of Blaze in the Dark open up and interact. It's it's actually really good. I mean, I know a fair bit from experience and having played Mm. with it. Yeah, really about it. But if you're if you're new to it, then this is a really good primer. Nice. I'm actually, actually, I was actually quite impressed. So yeah, good job. I might have a a little look at that. You know, mm. I am no longer new to it, but I was this time last year. I have never played Blaze in the Dark, and oh. now I played I think two or three campaigns of Blaze in the Dark. Yeah. Back when you were a younger man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the joys of RPG clubs. More people should set them up. I think anyway. Yeah, because it's, it's such an easy and stress-free thing to do, isn't it, Peter? Uh, like, <laughs> relatively. Relatively. I know, actually. I'm joking. It's actually one of the least stressful things I do nowadays. All um, right. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Dragonlance? Oh, yes, please. Yes. What are those know... pesky dragons been up to? They need a <laughs> you know, the... again. <laughs> they need a good lancing. Oh, you make them sound like a boil. Like, like boils. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. You, you, or the, the, the dread yellow dragon. <laughs> oh, okay, let's move on. What's the news item? Let's move on, move on. Oh, is it the cover? <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dragons of Eternity is the next book in um, Weiss and Hickman's new Dragonlance trilogy of novels. Woo. Coming out. August the sixth, and the cover is out, and this will be the uh, end of the, uh, the the story of Destina Rosethorn as they travel through time and get up to shenanigans. I got to admit, I haven't read the second one yet. I've got it. I read the first one, got the second one, haven't read it yet, and it looks like the third one is coming out in a few months. So I better get on that. Yeah, yeah otherwise it won't make up. much sense to me. Mm. Um. Anyway, yeah. So the cut, co- yeah, the cover is out. I don't know what you think of that cover. I, the eyes of the three characters myself, but... terrify me. They look like <laughs> they're seeing beyond my soul. Yeah, and like, staring looks, into the abyss. Is that... It looks very computer generated, not AI. I mean, just like computer no, generated I art. Say computer generated. Yeah. Well, I think used tool, used computer tools to draw it, as opposed to a paint and easel. Yeah, I mean, sure, maybe. I don't know. Um... Like I, I'm, I'm confused. That that can't be Kittyara and Tainus Halfelf, can it? To either side of that lady in the middle. I'm not having read book two and not knowing what's in book three. I couldn't tell you, but they do look like those two people. Yes. Hmm. Well, how about it? I mean, there's a blue dragon in the background behind Kittyara. I'm guessing that is Kittyara, and I'm guessing that is Tannis. Yeah, it it does look like not personally my aesthetic. Um, it's marked classic Dragonlance, so that's uh, that's uh, pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. I just looked at the decking and I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I see what you mean now about the computer generated. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid book cover. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, the eyes, something about the eyes. The eyes, the eyes. Especially the guy on the right. Like, I don't know don't who look, he is. Don't look in like, their eyes, Jessica. It. Don't look. I, d- I did it. This that, is, no, it's too that's late. That's how you lose your soul. I think, I think the problem you might be having, Jessica, is normally when you're looking at people's eyes, they're actually, if you look at mine now, they're sort of half-lidded and not fully open. Whereas when you open your eyes very big like this, it can get a bit scary and intense looking. That's what it is. Their Maybe eyes are wide. Maybe they're just all very, they're very surprised. They're shocked at my outfit. They're like, who is this woman yeah. who's but, clearly dragged herself out they of weren't expecting you, They weren't t-shirt. expecting you to be standing there looking at them. And there you go. <laughs> Do you know what? Shots. Fair. <laughs> Like, they're just trying to hang out on the decking of their little cabin there. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly yeah, and you, you, Jess appears. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, yeah, they're a little but, surprised. All right. all right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, anyway, it's coming out in August. It's coming out in August. Ooh. Third book in the trilogy. I've got to read the second book yet, but that is happening. I'm told the second book is actually really good. Okay, cool. Because the first book I thought was, uh, it's okay. Hmm. Um, it didn't grab me massively, but I'm told the second book is really good. I don't know, obviously, what the third book's going to be like. Mm-hmm. No, no. Have to have to read it, eh? Time will tell. Uh, yeah. 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 But, in, right, more news. In other upcoming book news, oh, yeah, one right. of the greatest crowdfunding tabletop games that's not, you know, D&D, Avatar Legends, mm. uh, they have a new book coming out. Mag- Magpie Games have uh, rena- announced Uncle Iroh's mm. Is it Iro? Iro, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Adventures Guide. (laughs) It's because I'm not a fan of Avatar Legends, but I know people are, and I was like, oh, no, they're going to throw sticks at me for getting it wrong. But anyway, um, so there's an expansion source book for Avatar Legends coming out. Mm, Um, But yeah, so it's coming... Who's who's Uncle Iro? Peter, you said that like you knew who Uncle Iro was. Yes, yes. Um, He is the uncle of Prince Zuko, who in the first book of Avatar and possibly mm-hmm. the seconds is the well he's like the sort of the crown prince's fire kingdom who are mm-hmm. the fire nation who are like literally in the credits has everything was peaceful and harmonious until the fire nation attacked right okay. so like you know it's largely regarded it has been his fault amongst others hmm. and his uncle is used to be known as like a dragon of passing say due to his ability to breathe fire in a very impressive fashion uh quite literally and um yeah the actor has passed away, unfortunately. It was a oh. whew, whew, deeply emotional episode. Yes. Oh. Goodness. Um, the, Uncle Iroh looks really chill on this cover book, though. He doesn't yeah. look like... Hey, he I, I, I think he mellowed with age quite significantly. He didn't seem like quite the fire breather that he Yeah, he looks really mellow and chill, wearing green, standing amongst green hills and fields, and looks pretty zen. Um, but anyway, a- the a- book... A- absolutely. Big positive influence. It was uh, very, uh-huh. very humanising for the Fire Nation not to have angry, shouty people in and just have someone be like, oh, well, your sea suits have gone cold. Let me warm it up slightly. Mm-hmm. And just generally be like, just really nice about it. Mm, we love those vibes. But yeah. Anyway, the book is uh, coming out in this fall of 2024, mm-hmm. or autumn, mm-hmm. as we would call it in the UK. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Exciting. That's 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 what I have. That's what I have for you. There's yeah, going to be a PDF. It, the there's a PDF that's version coming in the summer, and that's there's nice. going to be a dice tray as well. There's other stuff, but the main thing is, is you know, the, the source book's coming yeah. out. And then, oh, there was a yeah. Hasbro earnings report thing. Oh, yeah, okay. I saw a bit of that. Didn't look yeah. the most positive, Didn't which is they say they were uh, facing like seven hundred and fifty million. 
Well, there's a, there's a twenty percent drop in revenue right. apparently. Oh my goodness! Which yeah, which is a, a massive amount of money for them. Massive amount of money. Yeah. This isn't just to clarify for people listening. This isn't specifically Dungeons and Dragons because I think yes. that line uh, is doing well. This is the overall parent company. Yeah. Of yeah. Hasbro. Including yeah. all the that's kind of the story we just keep hearing, though, isn't it? It's like yeah. everything at Hasbro's down except for Wizards. Yeah. Seems to be a story we keep hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. I think can wizards keep them going? Um, I'm sure the investors would uh, kick off if they if that was the case. They've already tried mm. to spin them off as a group to be more profitable, to leave the rest yeah. of the uh, company to rot and fail. Uh, so yeah, interesting I wonder, times. I wonder yeah. if just... one point oh one point oh zero six billion loss. There we go. That's a lot of money to be down. Po- like a billion dollars. Yeah, sixteen. In one million, quarter. Million in a quarter, no, not in a year, in a quarter. No, 16, wait, 16,000? Yes. Goodness. That's a lot. In a year. Yeah. So That's much lot. money. Yeah, but this was just in the, the fourth quarter of last year. Mm. This is wow. last quarter. That's it. Hmm. That's, uh, that's a lot of money, a lot of money. Uh, uh, wow. You say it's a drop in revenue. Um, so, yeah. not, so it's like they didn't make the money they expected over Christmas. Is that right? Um, I guess. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. So it's not profits. Well, no, because no, cause this is fourth quarter. So this is before Christmas. This is last that, year. Yeah, but that's when Christmas, Christmas shopping happens because people do their Christmas yeah, shopping November and early December. They do yeah. it in that in that quarter. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I don't. I wonder. I mean, I don't have children, so I don't know if it's a trend with parents. But my friends that are, whenever I was asking, oh, what do your kids want for Christmas? Mm. A lot of them don't want like loads of toys like it used to be. It's it's mm. different mm. stuff. And a lot of parents are like, please don't buy them more toys. We have so many toys. Yeah. Mm. And so I wonder if that's a anecdote. I wonder if that's a trend. So pe- parents are just buying less toys. So that's why Hasbro's sales are down overall. Mm. Yeah, I, I will. I will say that like I'm pretty sure that most children aren't watching Saturday morning cartoons. Mm. Oh no, I my don't yeah, think my... that's the thing anymore. And therefore, no. they're probably not sitting through adverts. up to four hours of adverts. Yeah. Uh, somebody posted online like uh, they were complaining about how Saturday morning cartoons are done. But I'm looking at them like that's a toy, 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 that's a toy. That's, that's really, a lot yeah, of toys, yeah, yeah. and there's going to be mm. a lot of adverts. But... So I'm looking at this analysis on ICV2 mm. of this, and it does actually look like um, their conclusion is that D and D tabletop sales were actually down in 2023. Oh, goodness! So basically, well, tabletop why? gaming as a whole. Was up one percent, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Well, given what they've been doing in previous years, yeah. that's quite. I mean, the word they use is anemic compared to what's been going on in previous years with mm-hmm. tabletop gaming and wizards. Um, and this, and also, you know, a lot of the wizards and digital gaming stuff went up because of Baldur's Gate and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you're taking that into account, the conclusion is that the tabletop game itself oh. is actually down. Mm. Oh really? I mean, that's a, that's, I don't know. I don't know where you know how accurate that is. That's just what what ICV two's analysis says. You know, looking at those figures and it, saying it, it looks like that's the case. I mean, it could be the classic thing. There's a new. I know it's not a new edition, but there's a new edition coming out. So I wonder if people yeah. are holding off. That right. is traditionally why yeah. sales drop, and but that's that makes also sense. why they avoid the word new yeah, edition. Yeah, they, they, they've been avoiding mm. it, but quite frankly, mm. like in online spaces, what. Was the coast has to say is important, but it's by mm. far, far, far from the loudest voice in the room. There's a lot of people talking about that sort of thing. Mm. I mean, 
And again, it's like you have to bear in mind that while there's a lot of people doing stuff, you've got you got to bear in mind you've got to think about the GMs. The GMs are where mm. this game or where all the games are at. Yeah. If you don't have the GMs on the side, you, you don't have games. Yeah. Like I, I know it sounds really obvious or really trite, but it's true. If you don't have GMs, no one's running your games. And if GMs yeah. are like listening to people they respect, because GMs, as we know, are a lot more into role playing games often than players. I yeah. mean, sometimes mm. it's close, but generally the person who's most into it is running it, yeah? Yeah. So <laughs> if they're online and they're reading, because, like, you know, when I, was, when I was, like, not anything to do with this podcast or clubs or anything, I'd still be reading, I'd be listening, I'd be working at Reddit, I'd be here, there. It's like, you know, it's obsessive personality, really. And, like, yeah, yeah I'd be paying attention. I know, right? It's like I keep it under wraps well. <laughs> but, the um, <laughs> I know, shocked. But yeah, yeah, so like people are going to be listening. Yeah? It's like if people mm. are saying it's not cool, then maybe that has an effect. I mean, they're, they're not going to stop having stuff, but you need to be mm. bringing in new people to keep growth going, right? Because once you've got that's a problem with tabletop games, one book can last you 40 years. So, yeah, yeah um, there, you need to be constantly bringing in new people. And even with the success of the Dungeons and Dragons movie, they, the, the public perception amongst the minority of people who have anything to do with it, the Games Masters, is not as good as it could be because every time they log on, there's a lot of unhappy people complaining about it or more, much more actively promoting other systems, which, you know, it's nice, but it's definitely a thing still. Um, I see a lot of it. But, but but then again, I'm just one person, so all I have is an anecdote, yeah? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, it's probably just a new edition or the not, not a new edition. Because if they say it's not a new edition, I'll believe them. But it looks a lot like a new edition from the playtest material they've launched. So I can see why they might be confusion. There we go. Uh, okay. Right, I think. Other news bits. Other news bits. Let I, think me we, see. I think we're kind of done on the news. Well, I mean, since we're talking about ICV and all that mm-hmm. amazing data, there is, and I think we may have one or two scientists listening to this podcast. And okay. they might be interested in hearing. Mm. about um, a solo journaling game, which is all about doing research. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the oh. game in... Jessica, yes. you seem very excited. Yeah, I, I heard about it. You carry on, you carry on. But I have heard bits of this. I think you know more about me, but yes. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know a huge amount. Um, I I did see it and think of you because the whole solo gaming thing is very much more like your bag, and I really mm. appreciate that. This one's by Samantha Lee. Uh, it's yep. fully funded. 13 days ago, has on Friday the 16th. So if you're getting before March, then you might be in for a shout. And it's all about you're playing a research assistant, recruiting participants, collecting data and performing weird tasks uh, for your study before you run out of funding. And I have yep. to say, like, if, you're, if you work in academia, you're now like, ah, finally... I feel seen. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, I think they actually work as a research system, so that's why this mm. came together. And I've had them on Not D&D before to talk about other solo RPGs that they've done before. So that's why I went, oh, because I was like, oh, yeah, that's one of Sam's games. And they're very, I like their games. So, um, mm. yeah, and we, I don't think it's... it's called Outliers. Just Outliers, that's that, one, yes. Which refers to data that doesn't fit within your nice life. And you're like, it's an outlier, we should get rid of it. <laughs> Sorry. Like women in medicine. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Let's not bring that into this podcast. Anyway. Uh, it's true. Anyway, 
Yeah, yeah um, no, that, yeah. that does look like a fun game as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's got things like there's a, a, a review board that will shut your study down if you go too far off procedure. So um, since your field of study is closed, time travels and encrypted, I'm sure this won't pose any problems whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Ab- yeah, everything's fine. Sounds yeah. good. Nice. Another thing maybe mm-hmm. we should announce is, so the Kickstarter pre-launch page went up for the Plain Striders Journal this week. It did. Oh yes. Yeah, so, so yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna do a little spiel about what that is, Russ? No. <laughs> Put me on the spot. <laughs> sorry. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I'm spiel about what the place is good at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can do this. I'm one lord now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, just, um, I can do it if you want, but yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. So my, I was looking at something entirely different when you said it. Oh right. I was about to. And then, you, yeah. Um, okay, so um, Plain Strider's Journal is basically a book which contains lots of information about travelling amongst the various planes of existence. We got 30 new planes. Oh, yeah. We got lots of player options, including like 13 archetypes. We've got feats. We've got spells. We've got about 60 odd monsters in there. We've got an entire adventure, plane hopping adventure. We've got planar ships and rules for planar travel. Ooh. So it's basically an entire source book related to, you know, the Planes. multiverse, to go and back to that word again. Yeah. 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 And it can it can also kind of work in as a plug-in alternate, alternative, even mul- uh, multiverse cosmology for your 5e games. If you, like spell you know, drama, is it? Or more well, subject. you know, the whole great wheel of, um, of 5e. And they've got um, the Abyss, and they've got um, Gehenna, and they've got all their, their planes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you could just, like, use this instead yeah. if you wanted. If you wanted to just have a different cosmology mm. instead of that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what that is. And uh, that's going to be a nice, big, colourful, hardcover book. And we're launching the Kickstarter in a few weeks, and mm. it's going to be great. And it's lovely. Oh. Well, if we're on the subject of P5E Kickstarters, I do know... Uh, and of course, the work of Mike Myler, because I believe mm-hmm. he was quite heavily involved in writing a lot of that book. Yes. Uh, he's also got coming out at the same time. Uh, in fact, I think uh, about a couple of days ago. Uh, oh, what's it called? Chrono. Chrono Slip. That's it, yes. Which is sort of, I think we, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? It's like a Groundhog Day, but it has like a setting. Yeah, it's like the same 72 hours repeating or something. Yeah, yeah. yes. It's, uh, it's an interesting conceptual piece. Um, certainly if you've seen stuff like Groundhog Day, Hotel Paradiso, uh, I want to say Live, Die, Repeat, the, is that the name of it? Or was that the tagline for the Tom Jones, Tom, Tom Jones, <laughs> Tom Jones, <laughs> Tom Cruise vehicle. <laughs> famous action, well, action movie star. I, 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 I loved, I loved Tom Jones. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Tom Jones in Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, that, it seemed she odd. Would that, like... I, I would watch that remake. <laughs> <laughs> Just the lovely yeah, Welsh yeah. dulcet tones coming in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. What, would it, what would Tom Jones's like call sign be in Top Gun? Oh, Lord. Boyo. <laughs> Boyo. <laughs> yeah, they renamed it from Top Gun to Top Boyo. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yes, that, that, that's, that's coming out as well. Uh, also available on a crowdfunding platform called Kickstarter in the EU. There you go. Oh, um, um, Janelle uh, Jacquet's there is a memorial game jam, or there was, mm. um, running from. It ran until February the first, mm. and this is they're kind of making a big 
dungeon a mega dungeon mm. in honor of her um it was um it was happening on itch.io mm. and the project was called return to perinthos mm. um so they they took submissions um to this because it was a big sort of like um everyone contribute because this is yeah. kind of a charity yeah. thing um the submissions closed on february the 1st um and included that people could send in like manuscripts or maps or, mm. or you know, all sorts of different things and things like that um um and uh yeah that that, that stage of the process has happened mm. and the uh the product is underway wow yeah sounds pretty cool yeah 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 the uh proceeds from it are going to benefit um her family to offset medical bills and funeral costs mm-hmm. nice yeah. Good stuff. Here we got the resulting project. Apparently, has nearly ninety interconnected dungeon levels of all oh, sizes wow. and systems. Goodness. It's going to come out as a physical book and sold in a limited batch. Wow, that is pretty so, impressive. Yeah. That's quite mega. It's mega that's dungeons going. That levels. is very mega. That, yeah, I, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you. Dungeons are mad mage. They didn't have ninety levels. No, no, no. Huge, huge. Yeah. Imagine um, how long that would also, take to play. Through. Also, on crowdfunder. Yeah. Um, dot com. Oh, yeah. I think crowdfunder without an e before the r. Yes. Crowdfunder. That's so funky. Uh, yeah, yes. there is a crowdfunding for the book. Should you wish to get your hands upon it? That sounds like a good idea because it sounds um, like there's going to be a limited print run, so it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Mm. I'm now out of news. Yes, I think I am as well. Okay. A long, hard day of adventuring. It's it's good to relax and share a meal with a boon companion. And I must say, the food here at the Perturbed Dragon Tavern is simply excellent. I do like this bear owl steak. Mmm, yeah, and the beholder stalks are delicious. Uh, excuse, excuse me, a young, young waitling, would it be permissible to compliment the chef? Yes, indeed. Yeah, bring bring forth the chef. Oh, uh, hello, hello. Um, I, I'm told you wish to speak with me. Yes, I just wanted to mention how very much I like your shoes. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry? Oh, and that hat. Oh, really brings your ears out. Um, uh, thank you. Um, but did you enjoy your meal? Oh, never mind the meal. I want you to know how much I admire your poise and your done manner. My, my... Poise? Is that, like, elvish for fish? Oh, and I must say, your hairstyle <laughs> wouldn't look amiss on a royal bard. I, I really am feeling quite confused right now. What's there to be confused about? We wanted to compliment the chef. Yeah, and so here we are, you know, showering you with praise and admiration. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's all very nice, but um, traditionally, uh, when one compliments the chef, one... Focuses on the quality and presentation of the meal. No, patient Tosh. When I compliment somebody, they know they've been complimented. (gasps) That brooch you wear, it is most delightful. And your Hamlet is simply sublime. I've never played Hamlet. A tour de force, may I say. I've never even been on stage. Well, your skill at mathematics is unsurpassed. And your art, oh, it's so real, it... Brings tears to my eyes. Mathematics? Art? You do know I'm a chef, right? Oh, I, I, I just love the way you say that. Oh, such eloquence! It's poetry in motion! Please stop. You know, you truly do light up the room when you enter. Oh, like sunshine on a rainy day. I'm feeling 
So uncomfortable. Oh, and your shoes. Did I mention your shoes? You did mention my shoes. <laughs> well, they do need to be mentioned twice. They are breathtaking. They're just my shoes. I've had these for over a decade. Oh, so modest. Truly, you inspire us all to be better people. Why? Why are you doing this? What, what do you mean? It, it is traditional to compliment the chef. That's not what that means. Of course it is. You are the chef, are you not? And these are compliments, yes? You're supposed to compliment me on the meal. The meal you just ate. Oh, I, I mean, I do love the way your eyes light up when you get angry, though. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, they're set off perfectly by the shoes. Sh- no, no, don't, don't mention the shoes. Ixnay on the shoes, nay. Look, if you utter one more word that's not related to the meal I just cooked for you, I'm going to lose my temper. My, that's an awfully big skillet you have there. You must be very strong to lift it so high. All the better to brain you with! Ah! Ah! Oh, my, my friend, you, you wield that skillet like a seasoned pro. Truly re- remarkable. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? We've got quite a topic this week. Quite a topic. Mm. So, this week, we're going to be talking about Evil Genius Games. Mm. And Evil Genius Games, as you may recall, we've talked about on the podcast before because they rebooted d20 modern Mm. a couple of years ago with their new game called everyday heroes um powered by the 5e rule set i mean that it was definitely very eye-catching like last year at uk games expo they had a simply enormous stand Mm. it was it was it it was it was honestly huge it Mm -hmm. was it wasn't as big as like medifius who had like a whole section, but you know, it was it big. was big. It they was had big with yes. huge banners. They, they, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they also um, released a whole bunch of um, adventure slash settings based on like mm. iconic movie franchises. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, if you there was there was a whole load of them. There was like eight or nine of them. Mm. I can't remember them all offhand, but there was sort of like was there like Highlander and. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't. I can't. Let me. Let me actually. Let me call the list up of that yeah. because it's it's quite an impressive list. Yeah, let me yeah. just grab it. Let me grab the list. Uh, I mean, I guess. Anyway. I guess from my point of view, it's like sort of a little bit unfortunate that I didn't really have the opportunity to get into them because, like, if I'd just been playing Five E, then I would have been like, you know, I'd been super into it. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Pacific Ring, Kong Skull Island, Highlander, Escape from New York, The Crow, Total Recall. 
Rambo and Universal Soldier. So a whole bunch of kind of like 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. iconic yeah. action franchises. Uh, with some more recent stuff as well. It sounds like you know, you've got some big kaiju roaming around causing trouble. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they kind of like landed on the scene with quite a big splash mm-hmm. like two years ago. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, they had they clearly had a lot of funding. Mm. They got some big licenses. Mm. You know, they were they had um, big names involved. People like Jeff Grubb and um, Owen mm. Casey Stevens and people like that were wow. initially involved, although yeah. they haven't been for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I spent a long period of my role playing career just not paying attention to that sort of thing. Mm. It was deeply unimportant to me. So. Hmm. And I just assume if someone is making that sort of game, they've got a lot of money because they're a really well-established name. But I'm taking from what you're saying that actually Evil Genius haven't been around forever, knocking out Bang uh, A couple, Two years. Literally right. launched December 2021. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So also, you will also remember them from the Rebel Moon lawsuit. Definitely, yes. That happened last year. So basically, they were going to make the official Rebel Moon tabletop RPG. Yeah. Um, Netflix cancelled their contract, um, citing um, breaches of confidentiality. Yeah, yeah. Evil Genius sued Netflix. It got settled. Yeah, there was like some talk. Like they 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 said they'd made a world bible. If I recall what they said correctly, mm-hmm. and they were getting paid less than a dollar per page, which is mm. like something I took away as Netflix just being awful. You know, and bullying a smaller co- corporation. Dollar per page. What was? Oh, it was just like I worked it out. Less than less than dollar per page from the amount of work that they said Netflix, the, the amount of work they said they'd produced, like the number of books. Mm-hmm. I made a guess about how much it was, and then I looked at the settlement money, and it wasn't very much money. It was like it wasn't. It was. It was like not huge amounts for the amount of work uh, done. You're yeah. saying the settlement? Well, oh, we don't yeah, know it was what like five ten dollars a page. I don't we do know what the settlement money was. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was fifty thousand pounds. Well, let's get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's, let's get, get there. Sorry, yeah, I'm just. Yeah. I mean, this is just what I know. It feels like it feels like you've got you've got something more to tell us. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, mm. a number of staff suddenly quit, mm. or they didn't necessarily quit a couple of weeks ago, but they announced their resignations. I see. Um, about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, they made these announcements on Facebook primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, public announcements they made. Right. Um, there were public posts. Um, I mean, this is the beginning of this month, February. It was like you know, it was very recent. Um, there was Ivis K. Flanagan, who was the convention coordinator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Faith Elizabeth Lilly, who was the chief product officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt um, Franchella, a cartographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Bramnick, organised play coordinator. Um, so a number of a number of people, yeah, yeah. pretty much over a period of a week or so, announced their resignations from Evil Genius Games. Yeah, yeah. And all of them cited ethical concerns with the leadership of the company. Now, they oh. weren't specific. They just said, "Wow, you know, they had ethical differences." Um, and so it was kind of, you know, they're all. It was with a with a heavy heart. I must say that I've left Evil Genius, but I can't remain there because I have ethical differences with um, with the company. And I was surprised to see this because a lot of these people yeah. had like kind of full time jobs working in games, yeah. and that's quite is, a rare yeah. thing to have. Oh. Like, I feel very lucky mm. to be able to work full time with Ian. And mm. a lot of people that work in the industry are very passionate about what they do. And a lot of people, so somebody to leave a full-time job in games, there's a reason behind it. There is. And so I decided to investigate. So I put on my Lois Lane hat. What okay. kind of hat? What does so that look like? It's a, it's 
it's, 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 it's like a it's, it's um it's shaped like it's shaped like a lowest lane. I don't know. <laughs> it's shaped like lowest lane. That sounds really awful. Those, those that sounds like the worst thing. Jessica, it advisedly was taking a sip of her drink at this time. So it looks something like this. It's just like. <laughs> She's now holding up a. Just, it's just. It's my just a statuette of Lois Lane balanced on my it's head. It's a headphone holder that I had. That's the a woman right. in a ball gown. Um, yes. No, it's like. Um, uh, a lot of those nineties forties nineties forties reporter hats. The trilbies are they trilbies? Yeah, sure. Okay. The, the reporters sure. had. Well, yes. Yeah. I don't know what a trilby actually is. I'm guessing that's a trilby. It's, just, a sort of, it's a sort of hat that people used to wear in the old timeies. The sort of thing that had a hat band that you could stick a press card in. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. I put that hat on. Okay, great. Yeah. Metaphorically. Okay. <laughs> I cannot stress enough, this is the least important part of this entire yeah. episode. <laughs> like, yeah. By no small round people. There we go. Okay. Get on. Okay. <laughs> and I spoke to people. Good. I spoke to pretty much everyone involved. Oh, okay. So, I spoke to um, Evil Genius Games' uh, CEO, Dave Scott. Oh, that's good, yeah. I spoke to current staff at Evil Genius Games, and I spoke to the people that had resigned. Mm. Um, I also have seen a whole load of documents, oh. including court filings from both Evil Genius and Netflix. Right. I've seen emails. Okay. Um, and I have seen other internal material. Oh. Wow, okay. Uh, evil genius. Yep. And all of this together yes. kind of built a picture. Ooh. Paint it for us, Russ. Uh, paint the picture. Yeah. Would you like me to actually paint it using... No, just no, like tell use us. Use words, Russ. Use words right. for the podcast. All right, with words. Paint it with words, yeah. okay. Okay, so um, order to order go. So basically, the people that, that left spoke to me and they talked about a whole variety of reasons why they left mm-hmm. it wasn't just one thing mm-hmm. the basic impression i got was that it was you know a commutative series of things which built up to the point where they felt that they they could no longer remain at the company straw that broke the camel's back sort of chance. Yeah, yeah i guess yeah 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 so it wasn't like one event no. sort of precipitated all of this it's not like you know something happened and suddenly they all walked out it was it was kind of a a, a growing it's a growing escalation of of, of various things I, I i gotta say Russ, when a group of people all quit at once and they're citing ethical concerns and i'm hearing it's like about behavior over a period of time i i do start to wonder so could you cut to chase what what what's been going on yeah, so there's uh, there's a whole there's a whole bunch. Let me give you a bit of background first, though. Mm. So, Evil Genius Games, who who who's who, and so forth. So, um, founded December 2021 by Dave Scott. Right. Uh, Dave Scott used to work at Amazon's web division, oh, yeah, yeah. web services division, and also Marketfish, a data management platform, which he founded in 2008 and closed in 2013. Right, right. So, um, he's also worked at other places and co-founded other companies. Yeah. So found a lot of companies. He doesn't sound like your typical TTRPG. He's not. He's not what. Yeah, he just hasn't got the typical background of a. Yeah. Of a I mean, that's not yeah. a bad thing, but yeah. it's like. Yeah. I mean, you told me he'd been a gamer all his life, but yeah, sure. you know his career didn't have doesn't have that background okay. at all. Now you might wonder why um, why this company has so much money that they can splash out on massive conventions and get all these big licenses and all this sort of stuff. I mean, because they. Hmm. They, did they, well. they made quite a splash, yeah. and they 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 are backed by a group of investors. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Now, some of these are venture capital firms. Oh. And some of them are tech firms. So there's five just, of them in total. Just, just to make sure I'm hearing you, venture capital firms and technology firms were backing a role-play game design studio. Correct. Like Russ, now this is I, this I'm is kind of Dave's, less questions here. Is what I'm saying. Well, this is this is kind of Dave Scott's background. Yeah, this yeah, is contacts. Yeah. That's the world he comes from. Okay. So, but, uh, you know, I, I um, mean, angel investors, no money. This is sort of thing I'm expecting. In that place, yeah. VC and tech companies, not. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean the tech companies are things like um, blockchain founders fund and things oh. like that. Um, right. You know, they're they're you know. Peter looks delighted by this news. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, at least, at least, I'm beginning to understand where the ethical concern. I mean, I suppose that's sort of good news in some ways because I was thinking much darker thoughts about ethical concerns. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand that, and I, I'm going to say up front that this isn't really a story. Isn't a, about you know. I don't know how to put it. It's. Be, I, I wasn't being a terrible human being to the people he worked with. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's just say, he, he was a let's just say it's not, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, it's it's not a Harvey Weinstein style story. Okay, that's don't good. before okay. we'll say that right up front. That's not the topic yeah, of the story. I, yeah. just because because I think when you say that, people immediately jump to that. Oh, yeah, well, and I want to make that, it clear that is definitely not. Oh, yeah. what's well, that, going that's on. what I'm thinking when you have people yeah, gritting yeah, on that. Yeah. Okay, so it's not it's not it's not that sort of thing. No, I'm hearing a lot of talk about blockchain, which leads me to think crypto. Yeah. Web yeah. So, yeah. Mm. so, so, so they, uh, these companies. There was this fa- uh, fundraising round in uh, May 2023. Yeah. One million dollars was raised mm-hmm. from um, from these. Wow. Um, I mean, you say, you say, wow, that's a lot to us. I mean, I think in yeah. terms of venture capital firms and that, it's probably it was probably actually quite small investments for them. But um, <laughs> as far left. as a tabletop gaming company goes, yeah. it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> One million dollars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That is quite a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, you so know that's, what? I'm going to say actually, one million dollars is a lot of money to people. Yeah, it's a lot of money for stock. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of money. Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of the background behind the company. Yeah, um, that's that's who's involved, where the money's coming from. Yeah. You know, that's, that's that's kind of what's what's what. So we got a million dollars in investment. Yes, we got a couple of kickstarters, mm. um, which raised like another half million. So if, the company's like raised like one point five million dollars in total. Yes. Over over a very short period of time. Uh, I I mean I think we mean different things by raised money in this case because a venture capitalist isn't an angel investor. They are expecting a return on sure. their money sure. quite mm-hmm. soon. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, but this is all this is all in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a period of about three months or so, one point five million dollars. Yeah, you know, yeah. A couple of kickstarters and that. And what's interesting is that that was round about May of last year. Yes. Yeah. By the end of the year, yes. Evil Genius, like October-ish, yeah. um, was unable to pay staff, um, making layoffs, basically had run into massive financial trouble. And that was just like a few months later after that. How many people so were four months later with that company, would you say? So at the time, at its height, yeah. I, I'd, be, I'd be given a few different numbers. Yeah. Um, Dave Scott told me it was around about 20. Some others told me it was closer to 30. Somewhere between twenty and thirty people. I mean, sure, but that's like three hundred thousand dollars, massive amount. Well, thirty. Well, wait, was it thirty times hundred? Well, 000? interesting. That's interesting. They're down to six people now. Oh, that's a lot. Of Combination money. of layoffs and resignations. Yeah. They've gone from possibly thirty, at least twenty, possibly thirty, down wrong. to six. Six yeah. people. I yeah. think if you've got a staff of twenty to thirty people, you could easily eat through a million 
very quickly, yeah. looking after the staff, assuming you're paying them a reasonable rate. And if you're doing loads on marketing and conventions and all this stuff, I can absolutely see how you burn through that money very quickly. Yeah, I mean, based on the $100,000 figure, which, you know, we assumed Hasbro was working with, uh, there's like three million. So actually, it's like they've raised a million and a half, but they're like a million and a half in the hole, theoretically speaking. Well, you need- no, I mean, I don't... I, I- I don't want to guess too much yeah, yeah. their exact finance. We, we, we don't, don't have that info. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Okay, you were saying This that. is just wild speculation. Anyway, I'll stop the audio. Yeah. Please carry on. Yeah. Okay, so um, what you'll also recall is the Rebel Moon lawsuit as well. That's that, that's, a, that's a big part of this because yeah. they spent a lot of money developing that game and it got cancelled and there was a lawsuit and a settlement. So, yeah. you know, that that's part of the financial picture as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, towards the end of this the end of last year, they pretty much ran into a severe financial issue. Yes. You know, uh, I, 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 uh, Dave Scott was like quite honest about that with me as well. He's, he, he just said, uh, we had a tough quarter last year. We were going through this Netflix thing. We were short on funds. It was stressful. We cancelled products. People were hired in for certain jobs, couldn't do their jobs because we didn't have the funding to do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that is a thing that happened. Uh, I mean, so what happened was. With these sums of money and this sort of stuff, you need to be doing Kickstarters. Yeah. Like, they even need to be Monty Cook sized mega Kickstarters. Or you need to be pumping out regularly, regular regular releases, regular releases like um, oh I don't know Ian Publishing or Pfizer. We do not have yeah. we do not have twenty to thirty staff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on good terms with the entirety. We have of a, we, we have two staff. to three staff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been friends with a whole company before. It's kind of yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, so basically, October they had this financial <laughs> issue. They turn to staff yes. and tell them they can't afford to pay them. Oof. And give them a number of options. So the options were either lay off, you know, can't afford to pay you, can lay you off, um, which I guess is the, you know, the sort of the fair, the, the fair option is what you would expect to normally happen in a in a company when it runs out of money. Yeah. Um, they also offered reduced pay for a certain period of time or a pay deferral. Right. And a number of staff, a lot of the staff, went for the pay deferral option. Yeah. So they opted for an interest-free loan to the company. In effect. Yeah. Yeah. So basically for about three months, mm-hmm. oh. most of the company didn't get paid. Oh. They continued working there. Ooh. And this is kind of testament to the fact that they did believe in the game they were making. Yeah. They wanted to be making that game. It was important to them. Yeah. And they believed that things would be made right. And, you I know. mean, three months I've, without pay. Yeah. Well, the promises were, I've, you know, I've done A... This. We got a big old Kickstarter coming. They had a big Kickstarter for something called uh, Military Heroes. Mm. Um, that was coming, uh, which was going to uh, make money. Mm. And also, the Netflix lawsuit was going to pay out. Mm. And when that happened, of course, that would... Well, put it this way. I was told that um, Dave Scott was hoping for $3 million out of that. That's not what he got, no. but that's what I told he was hoping for. I, I mean, $3 million would round out like that payroll and give him another year of operating and so forth, mm-hmm. yeah. which would yeah. definitely... It would have got, gotten through that current yeah. and I've, financial crisis. And I've heard some people online saying, why would people do this? Why would you work for a company when you're not getting paid? And yeah. you've got to understand the games industry, like people work yeah. here because they really want to and they're really passionate about it. Yeah. And I, with, and in fairness, this was my own company when I ran my board game cafe. I went several months without taking pay when we were in a time crunch thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask my staff to do that because I didn't yeah. feel mm-hmm. comfortable making that, but I did it for, I did myself. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand why some people 
decided to do that because if you work at a company and you're with all these awesome people making games doing what you're passionate about you Mm. really want to keep that going and especially if you believe look the finish line's in sight we just need a couple of months to get here and then it'll all be okay yeah i can completely understand why people make that decision yeah 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 but that's that's I mean, yeah, it's why a is a position to be? And I, and yeah. I can say, like having spoken spoken to mm. Dave, he's you know he's a charming, and charismatic person. Yeah. Easy to believe, you know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I you know I spoke to him and I liked him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a person, person. That, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, that, 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 that's cool. Like, I'm glad. Which is, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, we have covered companies on this podcast which I do not have likable people in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So I'm being constantly mauled by this dog as I try to do this. Yeah, which yeah. Is why, uh, yeah. For for listeners at home, Russ is currently engaged in a battle of wits and laps with a golden retriever, and is losing mm. that battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to yeah. avoid that, Jessica, but yeah, it's not looking good for the for journalistic science. integrity. Mm. I felt yes. the listeners should yeah. know. Okay, yeah. but anyway, yeah. back to yeah. Right. So anyway, so let's let's, let's jump into this uh, Netflix lawsuit. Right? Yeah, because yeah. as you recall. It was last year yeah. um, mm-hmm. they announced that they were going to be producing the Rebel Moonwalk uh, role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And a few months later announced that they were suing Netflix because Netflix had cancelled their license. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were suing Netflix for breach of contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Netflix were claiming that the, that Evil Genius had uh, breached confidentiality agreements yeah, they, in the contract. Yeah, they'd shown stuff off which they weren't supposed to... I, yeah. I must say that 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 seemed extremely enlightening to me because generally, mm. like when you're a TTRPG company, you are aware that you are the smallest fry in the room. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not taking on anyone in a legal battle. Do you know what I mean? As it was presented to us at the time, we very much felt on the side of Evil Genius, yeah. and our coverage of it reflected that because yeah. that's absolutely you know we didn't hear anything from Netflix. No. Netflix wasn't saying anything. They, they they didn't want to speak to us. Evil Genius <laughs> did kind of go on a sort of PR kind of. Yeah campaign didn't they they put out a press release about it and they talked about it online and things like that kind of very much painting themselves as being bullied by the larger company it felt very stick Um, it to the man it felt very much like that well like they were having it stuck to them which again is not an unfamiliar story in the world of ttrpg companies yeah Mm. yeah yeah so you know i think i think most people did side with evil genius on that and kind of Mm. yeah um so I decided that I needed to know exactly what happened. Yeah. Because um, I'd only heard one story. Mm. Um, so I got hold of all of the court documents. Yes. And this is the initial filing from um, Evil Genius. It's uh, Netflix's answer to that complaint. Netflix's counterclaim. Oh. Which is interesting reading. Which has never, you know, which obviously Evil Genius never mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the settlement and case dismissal. Um, so this went from basically the initial lawsuit that um, case, Evil Genius filed in September. Yeah, well, once 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 it's settled, it gets dismissed. Uh, yeah. okay. So they say we don't need sort of the like court that. to look at this anymore because we've made yeah, an agreement right, yeah. amongst ourselves. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So the initial complaint was uh, September twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. September twenty eighth is when mm-hmm. Evil Genius filed it. Netflix counterclaimed on November the first, mm-hmm. a month later. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing was settled January the eleventh. Another six weeks or so later. Oh, with Christmas, yeah. I mean, that's... It all happened quite quickly. Yeah, pre- pretty fast for these sort of times. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's have a look at what actually was in these these, these things. 
So according to the court documents, the license was originally signed in February 2023. Mm. And it was cancelled in May. Oh, no, like they literally had the license for three months. Yeah. Okay. That's how that's how quickly it was before Netflix terminated that license. Okay, that's um pretty quick. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty quick. So they signed the license in February 2023 for role-playing game products related to the Rebel Moon movie. Yeah. They paid an advance against royalties. It was only like seven and a half grand. Not much at all mm-hmm. when it comes to these sorts of things. No. Yeah. Um, you know, we've paid we've paid advances like that before. Yeah. Yeah. And then they went to work on what's called a world Bible. Yes. And this is kind of like an internal document, not meant to be sort of published outside, but yeah. um, just like bringing together all of the information about the setting yeah. so that writers can refer to this Bible when they're making the project. Yeah, just so you're not like having to memorise the film that you've maybe seen, but maybe there's something you misinterpreted. And just because there's, there's going to be some mega fan out there who will point out what you've mm. So that, that, yeah. and it's just to help keep conti- continuity yeah. consistency. Yeah, yeah. More yeah, more. although the Wizards of the Coast have a Forgotten Realms one. Yeah, yeah. I imagine there's a Star Wars one at Disney, you know. There's, there's definitely a Star Wars well, one at Disney. Come maybe on, not. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, I think yeah, I think that's just kind of how these things work. Mm. But anyway, so according to Evil Genius, yeah. their filing claims that this World Bible that they wrote provided substantial elements of the actual movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie franchise, yes, which were used in the movie, yeah, right. So in May, yeah, Netflix that, terminates that, 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 was a, that was a big deal because it was like we- that was a big part, big yeah. part of what they were saying at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, there was uh, the Gamma Trade Show in April, which is where all this kind of came to their head. Yeah, yeah. So February they signed the license. Mm. Two months later, in April, Gamma Trade Show. One month later, in May, license cancelled. So um, yeah, because they were supposed to have shown stuff off at the mm. trade show. And to me, that just seemed really implausible because, like, you got Netflix and, uh, again, TTRPG companies tend to be like, well, we've got to be really careful to make sure we get all all things. Because, yeah. of course, TTRPG people are in the business of, like, making rules for games. Mm-hmm. So you tend to well, be quite rulable. Rulesy people mm-hmm. that like their laws, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Netflix's um, counterclaim mm-hmm. provides a lot more context to what happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what does it say? So, first of all, mm-hmm. they deny any claims that Evil Genius's work, mm. World Bible, formed the basis for any of the movie scripts. Right. And also offer in evidence the fact that the first two movies of the Rebel Moon mm. franchise mm. had finished production, mm. not post-production, special effects, but finished production yeah. in December 2022. <laughs> so prior to them getting the contract and, yeah. Three months before this license ever even wow. was signed. Do you know, okay. that's, that's a pretty that's good... A strong, strong... That's a print. good point. Mm. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We finished making the films before you started work on the World Bible. We're pretty sure they're connected. So the script yeah, that, couldn't be connected. Yeah. That, that seems... Fact, yeah, like Rebel... Like, uh, Evil Genius don't have any place to go from that. Okay. So... Also, what they said was that um, at a presentation mm. at Gamma Trade Show, the presentation was called A Sneak Peek into the Rebel Moon TTRPG. Mm. They showed off a whole bunch of stuff that Netflix had not approved. Mm. Like images, artwork, and other content. Mm. Mm. So Evil Genius's filing claims that they sent this artwork to, in, to Netflix ahead of the event... Yes. And Netflix never voiced any issues whatsoever, thereby approving the artwork. Okay. Um, that's not that's not what consent is. 
I didn't hear a no, yeah. therefore I had permission. That's not. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. In uh, any context, don't don't use that. No. Oh wow. Not wow. not only that. Um, Netflix says in their counterclaim that there was a specific process for approvals. It was a multi-stage yes. process yeah, yeah. Mm. with, you know... Yeah, which we yeah. would expect, yeah. Yeah, which, which is part of the license yeah. and, um, you know, that process was not forward. They're, they're um, a corporation. You know, that mark was, was yeah. not approved. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Um, so not only that, they also said that um, mm. because Evil Genius had some confidential meetings with Zack Snyder, the director of the film, okay. in which Zack Snyder provided an awful lot of information to them, mm. they allege, about the setting, the movies, you know, the the whole the whole the whole thing. That would and they say certainly provide that, the basis of a world bible. Yeah, yeah. They they claim yeah. that um, Evil Genius showed a video. Of one of these confidential meetings at a presentation at Gamma. What? Wow. That's what the that's what the filing says. Wow. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there. I, no, I'm no. going to tell you what Netflix yep. and EGG yep. are saying. I'm not commenting wow. whether yeah. or not that's true, but that's yeah. what that's yeah. what I mean, Netflix said. What the, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I mean, wow. That's uh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So. Yes. So. So. Basically, Netflix's response basically says, "Yes, you did breach the confidentiality." Yes, you did show unapproved stuff. They also said the uh, pre-orders went alive on Evil Genius's site without approval. Right. Product covers appeared on the site without approval. No. You know, various, various yes. things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so they um, they cancelled the license. I mean, yeah, like because oh, Netflix being reasonable. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I'm emotionally mm. prepared for this, Russ. Um, yeah, but yeah, but you didn't you didn't expect Netflix to be the one. You know, it's not what you were expecting out of this, was no, it? It's no. not. No, that's not what going in. That's not what you expect. It was like, not. I'm not particularly fond of them, but you know, like it does sound like they've got a very good, solid case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, so the other aspect yeah. of this also was that Netflix was claiming ownership of all their work, and yes. they Evil Genius made quite a big deal out of that. Yeah, yes. which is would yeah, rightly so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and, and at the time we were saying, oh my god, that's awful. Because yeah. that's, that's because that is an awful thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, until you actually look at the license, does the license give Netflix all their work? But the license very much specifically says that that is what that is the agreement they made oh. that Netflix would own all the work, and that is the agreement that Evil Genius agreed to. I see. Mm. Read the contract, you say. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Basically, Netflix says basically the work is based on Rebel Moon. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got lots. It's based yeah. on things that Zack Snyder said to them in meetings and things like that. Yeah. It is their IP. They they own it. I mean, yeah, and the contract very specifically laid that out is 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 what they're saying. And I've seen I've seen the actual license, and I can yeah. literally quote that clause to you. Uh, it's in the article actually. That clause yeah, yeah. is is very much there, very and clear. Yeah. So you and one lawyer read that, and you like, yeah, that, that says that they don't everything. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay then. Yes. So that basically is you know what Evil Genius said, and that basically is what Netflix said. Right. Netflix also offered Evil Genius fifty grand, fifty thousand dollars for the work done so far. That, in retrospect, in the life of this, seems really decent, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like I mean, because they already own it, but, so 
Bear in mind they've only had the license for three months. I yeah. wonder how many costs they'd committed to with like writers and artists and stuff. Because because like they got because a lot I, done. All they were saying because yeah. it was put out there the the books were pretty much done at, written yeah. at that point, which sounds very In quick. Three, three months, yeah, three me, months but, is yeah. they got a yeah. lot of stuff though. 20, 20 yeah, may, may, and I mean, like, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, but a lot of this is like convention coordinators and uh, software oh, people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not they're not all writers. Yeah, yeah. but, but it, you, I mean, it depends upon the thing. But you you. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if they'd be the best quality books, but certainly initial drafting, you could get a lot done in three months yeah. with well-motivated people. And I'm like, mm. yeah, like I, I know some people who can write a lot of very good quality mm. prose and do yeah. some very good quality mechanics. I don't know, but all right. Well, there's people out there that put out multiple novels a year, you know. Yeah. I don't know how, but, uh, you know, it can be done. But anyway, yeah. that, that lawsuit did get settled yeah. eventually. Yeah. Uh, January 2024, <laughs> yeah. it got settled. Yeah. Um, and they put out this uh, joint statement. Yes. Yeah, this, we, we reported on. Yeah, yeah, Evil Genius put out the joint statement. Netflix didn't say a word again. Yeah. Netflix still to this... I imagine know, it's too small for them to bother with their big brands. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, well, the statement, frankly, giving them 50,000 is pretty generous, actually. Yeah, well, the statement was, the parties are pleased that they were able to amicably resolve this dispute. Netflix thanks Evil Genius for their hard work and professionalism. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole statement. What? True sentences. Yeah. yeah. What more do they... Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, but I did find out what what they were able to get. So I was told mm. that they've got wanted three million in damages, was what was what was being hoped for. Which, in light of what we now know, seems quite ambitious. But all right, did actually get mm. a settlement of just under half a million dollars. Wow! Wow! So in a sense, that lawsuit was kind of successful because it went from fifty grand to half a million dollars. Yeah. If, if you know that genuinely, genuinely happened. Wow. Okay, yeah, wow, that's uh, so that's much impressive. money gets thrown around. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, that's... That, that was apparently development costs, recovery of development costs. I mean, may, yeah, maybe. Oh, which is a lot of money to develop a hardcover book. Yeah, like ha- half a million to develop a book. I'm. Sure. Like, you've got. Yeah, I mean, you throw in some art and you've got full time writers, then. No, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We, we, we can't comment on it. I can't, like... I can't comment on that, but. As it a, seems it seems high to me, but RPG yeah, I can't comment. Books. Yeah, yeah. You, could, yeah. you could do a lot with I half a million. I don't know. Maybe they did spend half a million. I don't know. Well, maybe not. That's how know. they got so much stuff done so quickly. Yeah, like, um, I don't know. Throw more bodies at the problem. Um, but that's, anyway. that's that's what I was told they got yeah. anyway. Okay. About half a million. Um, and then in January they started paying a lot of the staff the monies they were owed yes. out of that settlement. Right. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that's the Rebel Moon side of it. We've some got anywhere near everything yet. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so in theory, <laughs> that's just the, that's just the, that's just the finances. So yeah. in theory, really, with the the, the staff side of it, it sounds like they there was some cash issues at the at the company. Mm. Some people opted to have their payments delayed, but then they got paid in January. Yeah. So in theory, this sounds to me like okay, that sounds like that's settled. What's what's the issue? So why did everyone resign? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so there are we've other still got a million dollars of venture capitalist money that they will be. Turns on. Yeah, I'm but, not hearing mm-hmm. about new books. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Rebel Moon was going to be the big one, wasn't it? Yes. Now, what's interesting? The timing. Mm. The license was cancelled the day after mm. that one million was raised. <laughs> Literally the day after, in May of last year. Wow. They raised the one million, and then the next day, Rebel oh. Moon cancelled that. That. So, um, nice. and you know, Rebel Moon presumably was going to be the big thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know what, sure. what they license, forecast for yeah. it, but you know. Yeah, uh, well, like, yeah, you know, so Zack Snyder, 
of DC Expanded Universe fame. He's done Batman. He's done Sparta. This is a perfect opportunity. I mean, I, I could see how it would go over. But yeah, okay, that does actually seem quite plausible that you could get a lot of fans to buy this hmm. because of how popular role-playing games have become. Like, hmm. okay, I can see it. I don't know if I could go one million. I mean, this, uh, what's, what's his name? Dave, Dave, it's not Dave Scott, is it? I'm making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave, I yeah. can see Dave Scott must be a very charismatic, very likable man to get that sort of million going his way. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, a, he's a salesman, I think. He's so. a damn good one. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Wow. So, issue number two. Yes. So, that was part of issue number one. Yes. Issue number one was Rebel Moon. Yes. Issue number two, technology. Hmm. Yes, we've already mentioned the B word, um, mm. which often comes associated with uh, cryptocurrency, the bad form of crypto. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the term Web3 throughout this. Yes. And I don't know how 100% accurate that usage is, so I'm going to tell you what I mean by it. Yes. And that's what I'm saying when I say the words Web3. Okay. okay. So Web3, yeah. I'm talking about blockchain, mm-hmm. non-fungible fungible tokens, cryptocurrencies, and I'm also lumping in generative AI into that, although I don't think that's technically part of the definition, but I'm numping that into that. But okay. these, when I talk about Web3, I'm talking about these technologies. Yeah. Whether that's an accurate label or not, I don't know, but that's what I mean when I use that term. Right, okay. right, okay. So, these technologies, as you know, are con- controversial. We've talked about this a lot. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, for a whole range of reasons. Yeah. There's the uh, environmental impacts, mm. there's the fact that they're unre- unregulated, mm. the fact that they they often enable fraudulent or uh, criminal activities, there's yeah. the fact that um, they harm artists and other creators mm. and plagiarize things. Yes. So there's a ho- it's not just one thing that's yeah. going on. There's a whole range of ethical issues with Web3 technologies. Yes, yes. I Yeah, data pollution is very real. And, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, and Dave Scott is a is a tech guy. He really likes tech. He literally said to me, "I'm really in it for the technology." Fair enough. He really likes technology. If if that's where you come from and you're really into games and you want to combine them, I can see. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean his LinkedIn profile as late as August 2023. It's been it's been edited a bit since. Um, referred to bringing tabletop gaming industry into the future using Web three blockchain and artificial intelligence. As is the header of his LinkedIn profile. So, you know, that's the thing that he is interested in. Okay. Or at least the thing that he said he was interested that's, in. That's his uh, stance. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll assume he means well. Okay. Mm. But, okay. but that would also be very... Well, it's very hard to see how a non-fungible token would be relevant to role-playing games. Um, so I, I wasn't sure either. So I had to ask yeah, someone. I had yeah. to ask the chief um, engineer. Oh, yes. At Evil Genius, yes, okay. who has also also um, resigned. Oh, okay, yeah. Over this very issue, mm, mm, mm. as well as pay issues, yeah. uh, he actually. This is Jason Terry. He actually resigned back in I want to say December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over over an incident regarding a paper that Scott wrote, but that's jumping ahead a little bit in yeah, the story. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. Think. So, okay. but, um, so so I, I don't know. So maybe maybe David Scott has like some sort of. Mad genius idea, maybe an evil genius idea, maybe maybe just a regular like genius idea about how to use the technologies, which I do I do struggle to think legitimate uses for them. But okay. maybe, maybe they existed, so, and maybe that's what it was going to do. So what what happened? But yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they I, I've been told that um, the, the subject came up time and time again, yes. and generally speaking, staff as a whole pushed back against it in meetings quite 
yeah. quite, quite vociferously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. unlike the CEO, they um, were not pro using these things in yeah. tabletop yeah. RPGs. And, okay. and, and, and would, every time this happened, they were reassured that these things would not be used. But um, then the issue would kind of come up again in a different way. I'm, so, I mean, this, this, this sounds like, I, I mean, I, I don't know, but like when people say no, generally it's worth respecting a no. Well, yeah. I, you know, I know, I know that um, very early on in um, development of the Everyday Heroes book, so this would have mm. been sort of, this must have been like 20, sort of very early 2023, yeah. 2022, or something, yeah. yeah. Some AI art was used to create page borders and stuff. And I think it was Owen Stevens was heading up that yeah. project. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. We, we don't, yeah, not sure yet. What I was told was that he turned around and said, no, we're not, you know, I'm not happy with this. We're not doing this. Yeah. We're not using this AI art to do the page borders mm. in this book. Okay. And that was removed from the from the process. So okay. it's, it's not it's not in the book. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's about how early on this came up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, 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 it's a picture. Um, and also there was this incident apparently where um, an artist used some um, AI and was asked to replace the work and, as well. Right, right. Which, as we know, is, happens uh, at other companies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. Um, this was very early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like, I think it's really taken a while for the scale of the problem mm. with gender AI to be become known. Mm. Okay, but yeah. yeah. So, but it wasn't in everyday words. So a bit of a knowledge. Um, yeah, so at that time, yeah. very early on, yeah. um, obviously, you know, it was decided not to use that AI art. Yeah. It was, you know, flagged as an issue as far back as then. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's uh, that's that's some far side of the book and part of the start because, yeah, it would be an issue. So um, in September 2023, mm. um, they're developing an equipment source book. Okay. Um, I forget what it's called. Um, like Arsenal oh, or something. Was it or, like it's called. for this military heroes book or something like some sort of? Military uh, no, I think it's separate to that book. Oh, okay, like some sort of military heroes is its own. It's a splat book for equipment. Uh, yeah, apparently it had seven hundred items of equipment. Oh wow, that's a lot. Now that's a lot. Now Jess, I know you immediately think, "Wow, that's going to cost a lot of money." Mm. If you're going to illustrate every single one of those, yeah. oh. and you know it would. That's a you know, monster books and equipment books are expensive to illustrate mm. because you need a lot of pictures, and art's not cheap. No. So, you know, I can see, I can see the predicament. I've got, mm. I've got to, you know, mm-hmm. illustrate seven hundred items. I'm, at, you know, a hundred dollars a piece. Wow, you know. I'm normally that person in meetings when we're doing ideas for things. I'm like, it's going to cost yeah, a lot of money. Grand, you know, <laughs> of, of art. You know, it's a, it's a mm. lot of, yeah, you know. So, I mean, especially for stuff like equipment as well. I mean, because mm. then you need artists yeah. that know what that equipment is and to make yeah. it especially if you're doing modern or contemporary equipment pieces because mm. you know if you get if you if you mm. do a picture of a gun and it's wrong in some way you know people that are really into that oh, and have bought the yeah. book are going to have yeah opinions about yeah. that yeah and, and it's, it's so hard to tell as well like you know if you things with like um doing like the wrong trigger guard in the m16 mm. like someone people pointed out like so uh, i mean basically what a designer pointed that out and said look the trigger, triggers are wrong here i'm like Really? They look perfectly fine for me. He's like, no, no, those are grenade launcher triggers. They're not M16 but art, triggers. But, I'm like, but art, okay. art being wrong doesn't necessarily mean it's AI. It might just mean that the artist got yeah, wrong. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's not the point I was making. The yeah. point I was making is that mm. it's difficult People to notice. do these things and yeah. to yeah. yeah to do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I, and you know, I spoke to Dave Scott yeah. and um, he, he said, you know, he kind of went through the idea to illustrate 700 items of gear that's going to cost like 70 grand. Illustrate yeah. one in 10 items, you know, yeah. maybe could do that, but he really wanted to illustrate all of them, you know, as, as the concept of the book. So yeah. called a meeting on September 21st, yeah. 2023. 
and broached the uh, topic of using AI art to illustrate the 700 items of gear. Yeah. Now, bear in mind that this is a subject that had apparently been previously been dealt with in the past, yeah. so it's come up again now. The result of that meeting was exactly what you would expect. Yeah. Everyone said, no, we don't want to do that. We've got ethical concerns. Again. Said, why? Yeah. And according to Scott, he told me that at the end of that meeting, he agreed with staff, he told staff, that the company would not be proceeding with the use of AI art. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's come up again and been, shut and, and right. been promised not to happen again. So, okay. So you think, oh, it's settled now. Okay. Right. We're all on board. Okay. Like he's had this meeting. Staff's been telling him again and again, we don't want to use his Web3 stuff. And it sounds like, oh, okay. He's- Why are your staff having to tell him again and again? This question I'd ask. Like, I don't mm. know, man. Listen to your staff. So, if they're, if they're saying this is this is bad, don't do it. Then I don't know, man. Maybe you should find out why. At the very least, I think he expressed to me an understanding of the reasons. Right. Then when I when I spoke to him, he did very quite cogently sum up the arguments against, against this stuff. So, uh, but he doesn't find it convincing. Yeah, he understood it. Right. He understood okay. It. Okay. So, uh, in December, he creates a white paper. Now, a white paper is kind of like a proposal for a a plan, kind of. Okay. It's a kind okay. of a proposal. Yeah, right. It outlines a set of actions, a way forward. Yeah, yeah. The uh, white paper yeah. was entitled Powering Evil Genius Games Creator Marketplace with Web 3.0. Web 3. It's a five-page document. The, the title of that was making me go, oof. But go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could actually read this paper as well. I've put it in oh, the... Uh, okay. Yeah, I got hold of it. Right, right, okay. It refers to blockchains. It refers to generative AI. It refers to non-fungible tokens. It says blockchain is the fundamental technology behind this marketplace. And he says that each created item will be associated with a unique non-fungible token, NFT, on a blockchain. And says at the end that an INO, initial NFT offering, will take place in 2024. So that was kind of the, the plan outlined in this white paper that Scott wrote. Like, if you don't trust anybody at all with your money, at all at all, right, then, yeah, sure, use a blockchain, I guess, because that is a way to keep, like, your financial instruments sort of safe. But the thing that I'm struggling with for us is, what what earthly place does this have in, like, I don't know, a $50 role-playing game book? <laughs> well, like, yeah. it has a place in the context of organised play. Um, let me get let me get to it. I will get okay. to it. I promise. Yeah. I promise I will get to it. Okay. We're well, walking down the path. The yeah, okay. Yes. Mm. The, path of, so, the path of utter confusion on my part, because I'm just yeah. struggling, so, man. Just struggling. So I, I, I already knew about this paper when I spoke to Dave yeah, Scott, yeah, yeah. so I asked him about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He said he didn't want to send me the paper. He initially said that he would, then changed his mind and said he didn't want to, but I already had it. But um, um, he, he told me it was the- merely theoretical. He just wanted to explore the ideas of the technology because that's the sort of person he is that's what he's interested in yes okay so he went to on december the 28th jason terry who's the head of engineering at the company the one who left in december uh, left this very day right so, <laughs> yeah. um this paper as he presented it according to terry mm-hmm. had terry's name on it this as though he were the author of the paper. this sounds like it's news to terry mm-hmm. <laughs> i see yes okay Terry told me that he made it very clear yeah. that he wanted no association with that paper yes. or the plan he outlined. Yes. He says he regarded it as potentially harmful to his career to be linked with such mm. technologies. Yeah. Good concern. Um, yeah. You know, being a software engineer type person, mm. you know. And being associated with the web-free technologies, especially yeah. 
advocating for the use of blockchain in a role-playing mm-hmm. game as well as NFTs. Yeah, I could see that would be yeah. something he'd want to avoid, yeah. Yeah. So he said that due to this, mm-hmm. and also the fact that he hadn't been paid, <laughs> not with multiple people, but, you know. Yeah, yeah but still, yeah. Uh, he resigned later that day. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, the paper it exists still. You can read it. It no longer bears Jason Terry's name. It's, okay. it's got Dave Scott's name at the top now. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, he resigned pretty much on the spot that day in response to being presented with this paper. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted nothing to do with it. And um, he told me he basically, at that point, he just realised the company wasn't a good fit for him. He didn't, you know, yeah. I spoke to him, he didn't sound angry or yeah, anything no. like that. He was just like, you know, at this point, you know, you know that the company's got a good fit for you. You know you need to move on. So I just got on and did it. You, you know what, this, Dave's got to sound like a really likeable guy. Yeah, I mean, he's out, I mean, I, I, I obviously very much disagree with a lot of his ideas. Um, but, yeah, it's like, it sounds like, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of personal loyalty from the staff. So, yeah. Mm. They, they're hanging on yeah. Um, yeah yeah goodness yeah yeah i mean scott dave scott's version of that event slightly different yeah. he says he brought it up with terry like beforehand mm. asking for help to write write this paper mm. and um terry terry said he wouldn't mm. but scott kind of pushed ahead and did it anyway mm. um he's um and he says i didn't listen to him and i pushed ahead and after a couple of days when he realized i was pushing ahead with that white paper he quit so okay yes yes Okay. Yeah. So Scott, yeah. Scott says that Terry didn't write the paper either. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. But basically, he wanted Terry's name on it. Mm. He kind of wanted Terry's sign off on it, really. Because um, of his role in the corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was trying to attract investment. This is this is what this is what. Um, uh, okay. You know what's being? He's mm. trying to attract investment from Web three companies. Mm. Now I don't know whether or not this particular paper was used in any kind of investment presentation i do know that yeah. scott told me that he did produce what are they called something dex something dex invested anyway presentations yeah yeah um which referenced web3 technology for you know and things like so, that yeah he says that did happen some sort of prospectus for investors mm. to invest in an rpg company presumably with the intent to regain to get some sort of return yeah. on their investment okay yeah yeah he tells me he's no longer doing that but he says that did happen he did create presentations which you know, reference the potential use of Web3 technologies mm-hmm. in tabletop RPGs. Yes. So, so he then says, after that resignation, he calls another meeting, mm. this time to discuss, again, Web3 technologies and stuff. Another meeting where a similar conversation was had, and at the end of which it was decided not to use these technologies again. That's what Scott told me. This this does sound like he's just keeps on asking the same question. Do you mm. want to use these technologies? And he's getting quite, quite a bit of pushback. Mm. And people are saying, like, I, I mean, because like things are very different in Europe. I know because like there's a lot more job security, but I know in America mm. your jobs a lot less secure. Mm. So if people are actually willing to put essentially their jobs on the line and say no, that seems like they feel very strongly about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think I think basically he's assuring them time and time again that these things aren't going to happen, but things keep popping up, which they otherwise... Well, like his, um, his which plan just otherwise. that he wrote to use them. Yes, that, that would be the sort of thing yeah. that I would look at and say, I, I'm not sure I believe you at this point, but there we go. So let me give you an example of how it was intended to be used. Yeah. Now, I did not, like you, you've been asking me, how, do, how does this even relate to a tabletop role playing game? I, I am struggling. I, I was in the same yeah. position. I was like, I don't understand. I yeah. don't get yeah. it. it. Makes no sense to me. Mm. Um, so I asked Jason Terry, and he explained it to me. He gave me an example. Oh, yeah, sir. So thinking about organized play, yes. if you acquire a special item in-game, yes. but there's only one of that item, and it's represented 
by a non-fungible token, and it's unique. And you can sell that item through the organized play process. And that item might be, he, he gave an example of a sword mm. that you specifically use to kill the big bot. Yeah. Would be specifically that sword that did that yeah. forever, and it would be unique. It would have a provenance attached to it, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could sell that specific item in, in, in the world, in the, the organized play process. So that's kind of how, one example of how he said the, the sort of NFTs were kind of. So kind of like supposed to be how used. Magic the Gathering cards, because they do limited runs, certain yeah. ones mm. are more valuable than others. So it's like a digital version mm. of that sort of thing. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, I still don't 100% get it. Yeah, that's the explanation I was Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure that's an accurate representation. That doesn't match entirely with my understanding of entities, but please, please mm. don't. Well, anyway, so um, what else do we have? Then, on January the 30th, yes. So, you know, they've just agreed, again, not to use Web3 technologies and stuff. Yes. January the 30th, Ali uh, Madhavji, I'm not 100% sure how mm. you pronounce that name, um, mm. but uh, of the Blockchain Founders Fund, one of the investors, okay, and who Evil Genius described as a founder of Evil Genius Games, okay, okay. wrote an article about TTRPGs and technology, okay. referencing Evil Genius specifically. And he described the overall goal of the company, which was to blend four technologies together. One was a D&D Beyond Night platform, a D&D Beyond killer. Okay. One was an e-commerce marketplace. One was virtual tabletops. Mm-hmm. And one was game scheduling platforms. So these four things. Which, you know, on the face of it, fine. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. I, I, of... I mean, you know, these are all inherently useful things. Mm-hmm. Like they show an understanding of problems in the gaming space. Mm-hmm. I mean, my concern with them would be things like, do you have the audience to make this happen and for it to be profitable? But okay, yeah, sure, sure. So yeah, that, that, yeah. those are actually not the worst ideas I've ever heard. They're actually quite sensible. They require a lot of money, but okay. It's, 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 not, yeah. a, it's not a plan a million miles from what it sounds like wizards are trying yeah. to do. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, these are sensible things that you would want to do, I feel. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. things like scheduling software. That that could be mm-hmm. if you can make scheduling software easy to use to get games to happen, then that would be, yeah. you know. Well, there was an attempt to buy. Have you heard of Warhorn? Yes, yes, yeah. use it many times. Okay. I, I think uh, Pathfinder people use it a lot to okay. organize. Well, there was an games. attempt to buy that, I'm told. Um, good luck with that. To, re- to acquire what? Well, yeah. I mean, they got to the point where a sale was agreed. Okay, yeah, yeah. But before the contract signed, this is what I was yeah. told. So bear in mind, I wasn't there, and I haven't seen these yeah. contracts between me. Bef- um, apparently, Dave's got tried to insert mm. some extra clauses into the contracts just before they were signed, and I was told that those clauses were kind of related to prerequisites for them actually getting paid for the sale. Um, like the, the like like the platform actually had to perform to a certain level after the sale for them to get paid. I mean, or something like it's been a couple of years, but last time I checked, Warhorn was one guy doing it by himself. He works very hard mm. for it and relies entirely on voluntary donations, but it's like mm. one dude. But so, I'll tell you back to after this. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine, like, because if you've agreed to sell and then someone says, oh, and another thing, and says mm. you have to beat all these performance targets, that is kind of sketchy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, it was an attempt to buy that. So, anyway, um, yeah, so that article mm. um, outlined those, but also mentioned some data collection strategies. Uh, 
Okay. Mainly being able to sell data to movie studios yeah. huh. based on fan engagement with the various platforms they there use. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did ask Dave Scott about this and he said, you know, he didn't write that thing. It's not part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Evil Genius's privacy policy specifically prohibits it. There is absolutely no way that they were going to do that. Yeah. yeah. He said. That, that sounds like, yeah, but that's, that's the that's sound of the shoe dropping from this guy. Like I said, it all, all made a certain amount of sense, but the big problem is going to be monetization and mm. uh, taking people's personal data and selling them to companies. Yeah, I mean, mm. I guess it would be a USA-only product because you're going to have a lot of trouble with GDPR. I mean, I'm not a subject yeah. matter expert, but I've been on Mastodon, yeah, and those people love mm. this sort of thing. It's me and drink, so you pick up a lot of stuff just yeah. from background radiation. Yeah. Bear in mind, this is all just ideas. Yeah, yeah, this, this is all just ideas. Anything they've yeah. got in place. They haven't got all these software no, platforms, no, so, you know. Like, and they've got one. They've got organized play platform. Okay. Um, up and running. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, other than that, all, this, all this other stuff is, you know, ideas. Yeah, it's yeah. concepts. It's not, it's not things Fable that they, they have and are yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, so, we've got all that. We've got all that. And this kind of article, I kind of, mm. was kind of like the last straw, I guess, because mm. Chief Product Officer Faith Elizabeth Lilly mm. then resigns. Because this wow. article so came ethical out. ethical concerns. Wow. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, just after this article came okay. out. Now, she she told me that's not the only reason she resigned. No, no. There was, she resigned for a whole range yeah, yeah. of things, including the pay issues, including other ethical concerns we're going to get into later, which aren't technology-related. More ethical concerns. Yeah. But also, this technology was one yeah. of the reasons. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. You know, it was, you know, as I said earlier, a combination of things. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't just quit your huh? job on yeah. a whim. So she was out. Yeah. She was out. And Ooh. after this resignation, we basically have this domino effect. Yeah. Where other people resign. Yeah, well, chief engineers left, chief product officers left. At this point, it's the yeah. management and then a whole bunch of shit. And you've got your own concerns. Bear in mind... A whole bunch of people has also been laid off yeah. over the last two or three months. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's going to definitely have a big impact. Yeah. So basically, we have a bunch of resignations. Yeah. A lot of them posted publicly on social media mm-hmm. by, 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 by the people involved themselves, yeah. usually alluding to, but not specifically outlining, ethical concerns. Yeah. Some just left quietly. It didn't post publicly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the end of it, Evil Genius is down to six people. Oof. Wow. You know, a combination of layoffs and resignations over the past sort of like two or three months. They're down to six people. I mean, I mean different vibe at the office Christmas yeah. party, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. just grab a couple of extra yeah. tears for the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So she resigned at the end of January. It's not yeah. until about a week or two later yeah. that these started hitting social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on February the 6th, after a whole bunch of these people have resigned, Evil Genius puts up a technology code of ethics statement on their website. Okay, right. So there's a lot of framing at the moment in that the issue is solely concerned with technology from Evil Genius's side. Like all the ethics that people are referring to, they're, they're framing it in terms of technology ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was a, a misunderstanding of the uh, technological intentions of the company. Uh, and this technology code of ethics is being put out here to clear that up. Uh, okay. This is the, this is the framing we're having here. Uh, okay, sure, sure, sure. Okay, okay. Uh, so the technology code of ethics goes on their website, and it says we're not going to use blockchain, we're not going to use AI, we're not going to do all these things. It's like a, you know, it's okay. a statement, a statement, a formal right. statement saying that they're not going to use this Web three stuff. Good. Okay, in public. Yeah. 
as opposed to in a, in a staff meeting. Okay. Yes. Also, Scott's in sort of talking on message boards and things, he posted on my forums mm. saying how um, the blockchain founders fund and stuff, you know, while these people, while these investors were heavily involved with Web3 stuff, yeah. they had no influence on the company's policies and were not trying to make evil genius use Web3 technology. I, I mean, sure, but they also like invested a million dollars in the company hmm. and they would like that back with some interest. So probably if they're all blockchain companies, then this this feels like... I mean, they're not all. Some are just venture capitalists. So it's oh, not... Some are just all. venture capitalists. So. Okay. Well, you know what yeah. I mean? It's different. It's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, Crikey. Okay. So anyway. Okay, so there, there we are. So good, good, good. Okay, so nailed their colours to the bars and said, absolutely no, in public, no one 3.0. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, we've got... We've basically got an erosion of trust. Yes. That happened over a period of time here is what happened. Well, so, well, I mean, if there's multiple staff meetings where someone says, oh, we should do this idea, and people say, this is a terrible idea, don't do that. Mm. And this happens more than once, mm-hmm. you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's the te- technological side yeah. of it. So people basically don't, be- don't at this point believe Scott's assurances that they're not going to use Web3 technology anymore. Well, I, I don't. It's kind of, it's a point where, where they've gotten to. Well, I, I don't okay. believe his assurances. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be rude to him, but he's made it very clear where he, where he is. He's a technologist, and he really likes that sort of thing. He's told you that. Mm-hmm. He's written papers on it. He sees that as the future. TTRPG Gaming's got that on his LinkedIn. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're about, that's what you're about. Yeah. There'll be some people yeah. that agree with that. As well, yeah, yeah, because it's the reason it's a controversial topic is because there's not one voice clearly coming through. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean to be honest, right? If he just said, "Yeah, we're going to use it," I just stuck with that and let people leave and recruited people who are like actually on board with this. That would make him a lot more trustworthy because it be, right. Yeah, you know I, I, I kind of wondered that, yeah. and I think I, I think possibly I should have asked him that. Mm. I said, why didn't you just? I should have asked him why didn't you just do the thing you wanted to yeah. do? And obviously. Get you know, beliefs on people, board. yeah. People, well, people probably wouldn't have joined. Those people wouldn't have joined the company, presumably, if that was very clear that that's what yeah. the plan but, was. But equally, but yeah. other people would have joined the company who weren't into that sort of yeah. thing. So, I mean, and there are there are know. plenty of them out there. Mm. Keep, yeah, they, so they keep my personal think, profiles yeah. blocked. Yeah, it. so it's a trust. It's a trust issue. It's a kind of yeah. what's being said as opposed to what appears at least to be going mm. on. Yeah. Whereas if, if just like taking a stance one side or the other and sticking to that and doing yeah. that. You know, it gets gets rid of the trust issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been framed as a technology technology issue, but really, it feels like an ethics issue and like just doing what you say you're going to do. Well, there's also staff feeling sidelined yeah. because they're continually giving expert advice yeah. and it constantly being overruled. Mm. I mean, you know, all right, it's his company; he can do what he wants. Yeah, and but if you hire people yeah. and continually ignore what they tell you, they are not going to feel valued, are they? No, no. I mean. And also, it seems like a massive waste of money keeping them there. Like, you yeah. have two dogs, Russ. How much barking do you do? Why, why get a dog and bark? Peter, that, why I, I get choose a dog not to answer at this stage. Is what I'm referring to. But maybe this, this is true. As the oh. business manager of EM Publishing, we're going to. The official statement is no comments. Thank you. And Mr. Marcy will take no more questions on that. Thank you. Oh, but, well played, though. I will withdraw my question then. Thank you. About the amount of barking that does. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like, it's like, but it's like if you hire, I don't know, say a 
extremely talented logistics professional and then insisted on doing all the logistics and taxes for your company yourself, you'd be like, that would seem like a waste of your time and effort. Yeah. I mean, I think they were doing other things as yeah, well. Sure. But, to, but, uh, but yeah. anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. So that's a synergy. So now we've got the work environment itself. Mm. Now, this is this so, is more difficult because this is yeah. different people will have different experiences and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. very. Yeah. Sorry, Russ, do you want to. I'll let you get into it. Yeah. yeah so I spoke to. I'm not going to say how many exactly or who they were um, because they requested anonymity and I'm not going to. So I, I spoke to a number of ex staff members. Yeah. And they provided me with well, I, I spoke to them for like a long time, and it was had a long conversation. Yeah, it was, it like. and it was an emotional conversation yeah, as well. Yeah. They were, you know, they were not, and they furnished me with an awful lot of stories and information mm. and things. A lot of it, you know, when I was having a conversation, it was like, you know, I was kind of thinking, there's so much of this, I'm, uh, you know, I'm having trouble um, keeping on top of it, but you know, I, I, I mean, um, everyone, everyone, everyone had stories to tell. Everyone had stories. To yeah, tell. yeah. I mean, sure. Like, and there is always a temptation to say, "Well, they've left the company, so they're not going to give you the best. They're not going to give you the best spin. They're not going to give you the company side of events, are they?" But that's why I also spoke to the existing staff members. Good point. The current, the, the ones that are still yeah. there. Okay. You know, I made you know, I made sure to you know ask everybody, yeah, yeah. anyone that would talk to me. I, I spoke. Okay. To yeah. All right. All right. Um, so we got, we got this list of like sort of twenty or twenty or more things that happened while at the company. Wow! And all of these are kind of speak to work environments, mm. um, working hours, being expected to work beyond contracted hours, but not being a, a, able to bill for them. Mm, mm. Um, you know, not feeling respected or valued in the job. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. Here. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like the sort of thing where. I mean, if you do, if you if you don't want to name names, which is entirely understandable, it'd be I can't name names. Yeah, I've literally like like, like, so, like, um, like literal details. But the sort of thing, like I don't know, it's like uh, the company expects you to work at least forty hours a week. Call working hours are eight eight a.m. to six p.m., which is a fifty day yeah fifty hour work. Well, bear mind, nobody nobody here was an employee. Everybody was a contractor. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So no salary, but, please. Yeah. Right. So um, there was uh, a, a general kind of. Not promise. Yeah. I'm not going to go so far as to say that a promise was made. Yeah. But a number of these employees told me that they were under the impression yeah. Yeah. that the goal was yeah. full-time employment with health insurance, yeah. 401k, all of that all of that stuff was the goal. Well, yeah, but ooh, okay, yeah. But but none of, none of this materialised. Yeah, yeah. So that, that yeah. Um, other staff who are currently there, at least one of them told me, yes, those things were raised repeatedly. Mm. However, that person said, having worked in startups before, yeah, yeah. they said, and and this word startups going to come up a lot. Mm. Startup culture. Mm-hmm. Having worked in startup startups before, that person who is currently still at Evil Genius took it with a game of, of salt and you know viewed them as aspirations rather than promises. Yeah, yeah. But clearly, that wasn't a universal position. Other people did not view them as aspirations rather than promises. Other yeah. people were under the impression that's what was supposed to be happening. It's suffice right. to say, perhaps there wasn't clear communication on this because different people had different understandings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. yeah, people have come away with different yeah expectations of what's going to happen. I, I feel like maybe there's a divide between people who are very much into the, these are the rules of the game that we're turning up to, and people who are like, it's just not going to work that way. Yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've also got, you know, people being contracted for, say, not they, for different amounts of hours, but for example, a maximum of 40, 40 hours a week. They're not allowed to bill for more than 40 hours a week, yeah. but the company was putting on demands on them which exceeded that. Right. And then and then taking them to task for not achieving those goals. There was, you know, people people being told to do a job, then being told to do something else, and then being taken to task for not having done the first thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, things like that, that kind of environment. Right, right. Um, is, is is what I was told about. So problems with given conflicting priorities and then yeah, guidance. Yeah. With what's the highest yeah. priority that it should be working? It's just leadership issues, I think, is yeah. what we're talking about here. Leadership yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. Leadership issues. And then also some kind of, like, inappropriate things said and done at staff meetings. I've got a couple of examples. Um, one was where um, they've called out a female staff member and said that he was going to have to hawk her out to investors to pay the bills. Sorry, what? Okay. You heard. I did, you heard. I did hear that. I'm just like, uh, yeah. just, okay, wow, okay. So the boss of the company called out, one of his staff members and said that. Okay, right. I mean, sure. So sure, I asked. Sure. I I asked him about that specifically, mm. and he said that um, the context was oh. that the person in question was a extremely competent and valued member of the company, and while the choice of word there wasn't perhaps ideal, that's what he was referring to when presenting her to investors. So that's that. That was his response to when I, you know, because I put I put a lot of these things things to him. I said, yeah, yeah. someone said this, someone said that. So what have you got to say? You know, I wasn't trying to blindside him with it all or anything. No, it was, no. you know, get the facts. You yeah. know, get get the information. Um, wow. He also said to apparently to employees that he prefers to hire women because they're easier to train. Do you agree with that, Russ? He prefers to hire people. <laughs> Do you okay? agree with that, Russ? Is that why you hired me? <laughs> Um, as I said, yeah, prefers to hire women that's easier to train and also prefers to hire people who want to work in games because they're easier to convince to work for less. And this came right out and said it, did he? Okay. And and that wow. is very true. A lot of yeah. like like I said earlier, people that want to work in games are really passionate about what they're doing, so they'll put up with a lot. Yeah. We often yeah. yeah, I will say we often get offered mm. work for Yeah. For free. Yeah, well, we turn around and say, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I've had know. people that haven't understood because people said, hey, I really want to work for you and get experience. I'm willing to do it for free. And I was like, no, we don't do that. That's our ethical decision. Yeah. And they get annoyed at me. They're like, but I'm offering. It's my choice. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a power dynamic here that's, mm. I, I, even if you come to me and say you want to do that, that's still me exploiting you for your labour. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm on the same page. People get super angry about that. <laughs> that's, mm. yeah. that's our stance. That's what I can say. Yeah. That's what like, we do. Yeah, like a yeah. strong ethical sense. Um, no, no, yeah. no internships, no unpaid internships at Ian Publishing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's also <sighs> an issue with misgendering of non-binary employees. Mm-hmm. So I was told mm-hmm. by ex staff that there was consistent misgendering of non-binary employees, mm. and that what that he would, um, you know, get get irritated when corrected. Mm. Now I put that to him as well. So, mm. Okay, this is this is what has been said. Um, he told me that he can only remember one incident where the subject of transgendered employees came up mm-hmm. in a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it was someone else dead named somebody. A third person raised the concern, mm-hmm. and that he himself, Dave Scott, said, "That's right. We're not going to use dead games in this com- uh, dead names in this company." Yeah, yeah. 
that he says is the only he said to me that was the only time transgendered employees were mentioned in a meeting um so directly refuted the, the yeah yeah sure okay i mean that's different from what's being talked about but sure okay that's the only thing he remembers yeah. okay so that's what he remembers yeah yeah, yeah. so basically he pretty much flatly denied most most of these things, and um, you know, I, I asked a couple of times just for clarity. Mm. You know, you are denying this; you're saying this didn't happen. And he said to me, okay. and I made sure I wrote this round word for word. Mm. It didn't happen. All these things they sound ridiculous to me. I don't even know what's going on, and I'm offended. Okay. Okay. So that was that. That was his response. Basically, denied it. He says it didn't happen. Says he's offended. I mean, and that's. Just to be really clear, this is all we can do. So we are like a news kind yeah. of show. We're, we re- do we're report reporting. Said, yeah. So we're yeah. reporting. One person said this, the other person said something different. Mm. Yeah. And so that's, and we are not either of those people and we were not there in any of those situations. So we can't really, yeah. off, we can't really say anything else beyond that. So that's why I'm yeah. being quiet yeah. right now if people are wondering why. It's because, yeah, yeah I can only yeah. quote both sides of what both sides mm. say. Yeah. And provide you with yeah, that. Yeah, it's like with the Netflix stuff. We could only re- re- report what was said in each of the filings. Yeah. You know, maybe both filings were full of truths. Maybe both filings were full of falsehoods. I Every- don't know. Yeah, everything beyond that know. would be us but, just yeah. guessing. Yeah. And, be- yeah. and I'm yeah. trying Going not to. Into serious matters to wildly speculate. Yeah. As opposed to mm. what game designers are thinking, yeah. which I feel is a different matter. Yeah. yeah, so I don't want to speculate yeah. about any of this because these yeah. are. People, people's lives yeah these are people's about. lives so i'm yeah. not going to speculate but yeah. we're definitely going to yeah. tell you what yeah. they said to us but yeah anyway yeah but anyway he also talked to me quite at length of his work with amazon's dei diversity equality and inclusion program mm-hmm. how he headed up that team how proud he was of, of it and so forth so he, t- he talked at length about that as okay. well there were a few other bits and pieces there was a slideshow shown at a meeting but this is some ex-staffers regretted attrition or unregretted attrition. I'm sorry, regretted and unregretted attrition. Yeah, or staff yeah. members. Yep. So okay. I asked him about this. Also. Okay. Yeah. What did he say? This, 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 did this happen? Yeah. Did you know? And he said yes, that did happen. I see. But he said this is actually a technical term which refers to those whose departure harms the company as opposed to those who don't. Like, if, and the example he used to me was if someone leaves and they're the only person that knows. Um, the password to something, they'd be regretted attrition. Mm-hmm. But if someone leaves, but they're multi-threaded, was the term he used, um, but weren't, vi- were, were, you know, were a great employee, but weren't vital to any particular thing, then they'd be unregretted attrition, was how he defined it. He says, that's what those terms mean. Right. And I Googled that, because I was like, I've never heard that. Mm. It, that's not actually untrue. That doesn't mm. appear to be the case. These are technical terms used in corporate environments. Mm. What you not usually sure. do is you don't put... Bring them out in staff meetings. I, and this put slideshows up. Uh, leadership issues is going to get a lot of use here, I feel, because mm, that feels like mm, a real leadership issue, kind yeah. of that sort of thing, because yeah. these are people's co-workers and colleagues. Yeah. You know what? Even if, even if, you've, even if everyone absolutely hated that person, right, it's still really, really rude <laughs> to put that about them. I mean, sure, like, you know, yeah. it's got a technical definition, whatever, but saying it in a meeting, it's almost like sort of a social space that they are well, well, clearly the people in that meeting didn't come away with the knowledge that that's a technical definition because they told me they felt extremely uncomfortable with yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. You know. Goodness. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. Anyway. We, we digress. Yeah. But I want to say something else, though, about him. I heard other stories yeah. from 
people about how he would cover staff's emergency expenses, mm. like medical bills or rent, out of his own pocket, mm. not from the company expenses, during the pay furlough. Mm. You know, and things like that. Yeah. You know, when people talk of a family environment at work, and often that's a bit of a red flag, yeah. because it Ooh. basically means... Free labour. I can expect things from you yeah. up until the point where I've decided you're not family. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, um... So it is generally a bit of a red flag, but some of the reigning staff there did actually speak of this and did say it does kind of feel mm. like a family environment. So mm-hmm. I want to say it feels like sometimes, and I wrote this in the article, it, it sounded like I was hearing about two different people mm. and I was having trouble reconciling these two different people yeah. with the same person. Because, you know. Yeah. And for me, I think it was kind of like his his background, his sort of like uh, background with Amazon Web Services yeah. and corporate marketing and venture fundraising just wasn't a good fit for the the culture of a small tabletop gaming company. Yeah. And that's where that's where the issues kind of arose. S- significant clash of cultures. Yeah. 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 Mm. Like I, I I can imagine that he works at companies where these sorts of things were just Yeah, normal. Accepted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean like people I can imagine know what it means. People are okay with it. Yeah. A lot of these things that I read and saw do not surprise me. Because I've worked in the games industry for mm. Long time now. A, a while, yeah. Mm. Um, I've freelanced at a lot of different companies, so I've got to flit in and see lots yeah. of different things, and I've got friends who've done the same things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things here do not surprise me because a lot of these things happen in tabletop game companies because a lot of people work in tabletop games companies that are really passionate about making games that necessarily mm. haven't run businesses, run teams, run yeah. companies before, and so there can be bad leadership and management. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that these people are bad, evil people. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying that. Because yeah. I think sometimes people online, you know, conflate that. But I think you can make really bad management decisions. And working in tabletop games is really stressful on the business side of it because it's not an easy way to make money. And so you're having to make difficult... <laughs> dis- it's, well, it's not. It's do, like, do you want to make a big part of money, a small part of money? Welcome mm. to Take Pop Games. Exactly. So it can yeah. be really mm. stressful, especially when yeah. you are the CEO and they're running a company and you know that there's staff and people depending on you and you're trying to make everything work. Mm. So the stress and the pressure of that can lead you to making bad decisions and making mm. thoughtless things. Like a lot of these things, you know, on this list and complaints about toxic work culture, I think can be done out of thoughtlessness instead of malice. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that ignorance. But yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not surprised to see it because it happens. A lot of it, I yeah. see. I see things like this happening a lot in the games industry, and I think a lot of people that have worked in the industry will have similar stories to this. So, mm. I think this article was interesting to me. I know I'm taking it away a bit. It's interesting to me because mm. it echoes a lot of other experiences. Yeah, yeah. that mm. other people it, have. It, it feels like maybe he's got blind spots, and he doesn't know that he has blind spots, and hasn't really than the work to find out where they are and start stressing them. I mean, yeah, mm. like life is life is busy, life is hard, I mean it's And like I said, in person, you, you know, came across to me as a, a likable, charismatic yeah. person, yeah. you know, not uh, you'd have to be very likable to convince me to work for free for two months with no pay. So you know, mm. uh, good good to, good to know. Yeah. 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 So mm. You know, there's, there's stuff still at um yeah. Genius and so, uh, you know, I, sp- I spoke to those mm. um Generally, they they played down these mm-hmm. issues. Some of them just said they don't know anything about Web3 stuff mm-hmm. and didn't really have anything to say about mm-hmm. that. Others said that they kind of feel like they've been betrayed mm-hmm. by by the people who left, which I thought was strong. But one one did directly acknowledge the issues. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't want to say who, oh, yeah. but one did and talked about eroded trust, dysfunction, poor management, mm. um, yeah, interpersonal skills mm. and things like that. Um, and said that they could see why people felt unappreciated, overworked, abused and mistreated. They, you know, they understood that. Wow, okay. But put that down to communication issues and... Clash of culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, clash of culture. Yeah, mm. yeah. So... If it, if it was yeah, like a I real divide between the people who worked in startups and sort of had their expectations accordingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do know that they're now sending out lawyers' letters to people. Okay, I've seen. So I've when seen, you're saying they, even juniors are sending right. lawyers' letters to their former members of staff. Yes. Okay. Yes. Why? Because of the things they've been saying online. Okay. And is, um, is... two different two different things. One is confidentiality. The other is you know libel. I guess. And I guess the... that's why people didn't what? want to be quoted by name in their quotes in the article that you wrote on Ian. Yeah, I mean, they right from the start, they did cite fear of reprisal wow. as being, you know, being their primary concern. Sure. So there we go. That's kind of, kind of the situation as it is now. So I put that article up. Evil Genius is like, you know, going ahead into this year. They've got a smaller team. They've scaled down their their, their ambitions. But, you know, my, 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 my hope is that this just helps just improve the culture there. And re-emerge with a better company for it. Yeah, yeah. Is is, is my hope for that. Oh, so more we can say with certainty is that Evil Genius has a public statement saying they will not use these quote web free unquote technologies. Yeah, I mean they are continuing to to phrase it in terms of technology. They put a letter to the community out the other day. Mm. This was I spoke to Scott last Saturday. Mm. And it was on the Sunday this letter to the community went up. Mm. And I feel like probably it was in response to me bringing certain things up during that conversation. Okay. But again, it turns like all these ethical issues mm. is very much framed in terms of technology. Mm. So basically, the, 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 that's how it's been framed. Okay. It's a technological misunderstanding and that the code of ethics that they, they, they the technology code of ethics solves all that is kind of. Right. How it's been framed there. Okay, so the te- technological code of ethics is essentially their written public promise to not use those the Web three mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, right. Okay, well that's that's something. I mean, I I personally own the business of personality change. Yeah, mm-hmm. day job. So I do believe people can change. I mean, so I guess we'll just have to see how they go on. Um, mm. Much smaller. And certainly, will be struggling to attract further investment on the forward. Um, um, well, I'm, I was told um, Scott did tell me he was currently involved in another fundraising round. Okay, well, uh, like he's got six employees to look after and keep getting paid. So, mm-hmm. uh, in that respect, best of luck to him. Yeah, yeah. That's basically it. That's mm. the story. That's the story as it is so far. All right. And if people prefer oh. to read and digest it, of course, you've got it all written out on EN World. Yeah. In an article, so if yes. people in, in, in have article, want clarifications yeah. about this conversation, it's all written there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, this is shaping up to be an extra bumper, huge episode. So uh, it is a long yeah. One, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we should probably uh, wrap. But I, yeah, I think it was worth it. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. worth it to talk through what mm. was going on and what happened. Mm. Yeah, and I, all the people that have walked away uh, are no longer working there. I hope that they. Yeah. find new jobs that they enjoy or projects and work and look forward to see what they do with their yeah, careers. I mean, to, to all the employees uh, present and former, yeah, are very delicious. Yeah. I think one of the other reasons for 
wanting to remain anonymous is that being a whistleblower oh yeah, yeah. essentially can be damaging to your career 100 yeah, yeah. i've had some experiences in the games industry that i will mm. not talk about publicly ever because mm, mm, i'm mm, like mm. do you know what i don't know how i mm. come so out of that looking brain. like a good person yeah, yeah. Hmm. but yeah okay yeah yeah there we go right now we're done yes. we've All covered right. So we'll be back next week. Should we do a light, more light-hearted topic next week? Well, yes, let's do something nice and cheerful. Okay, let's oh, talk yeah, about pets good. in tabletop role playing games. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll catch you later. Bye bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Fighter, wizard, or chef? Choose! Uh, I'll be a wizard. I'll be you a be forgetter. Wizard. I'll be the chef then. I think it's pronounced chef. Chef. Yes. Chef. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I knew you'd enjoy that. What, what sort of what sort of chef are you? Do you do you like grab pieces of bread, whack them on either side of people's heads, and call them an idiot sandwich? Yeah. Okay. Not professionally. Not it hasn't happened at Ian Publishing yet. So. But we're not we're not chefs or chefs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do a sketch. <laughs> not yet. We could be. Okay. Let's pivot the business.